So that's why it was called Paprika. Welcome to the Master Movie Podcast, everybody. Um, this was probably the strangest film we've done. I don't know if it's the strangest film we've done. Yes, it is. Yeah, fact, it probably well, is. It's the strangest good movie we've done. Okay, I'll agree with that. Certainly the strangest, the strangest, um, most technically, uh, uh, confident movie we've done, yeah, yeah, good. Best, the strangest good movie we've done. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Cause so uh, like like for example, uh, what did you think, Zach of Riccio? Oh yes, let's start with that. I uh, dude, that movie. <laughs> that I'm I'm speechless, dude. That movie was crazy and bloody and weird <laughs> and like. So competent, and, like, <laughs> like for what I was seeing, I'm like, why is this mostly holding together? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's better. Than, it's 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 watchable. It's it's yeah, competent. I was, I'm surprised. I was like very surprised at how well together it was. It, the it, madness oh, made God. sense for some reason. I, I look at him like. This all exactly what Chris said. That makes fucking sense. What the fuck am I watching? Yeah, that's gross. Oh my god. Yeah. Wow. What was your favorite? I'm so happy you shared it with me. I really am. Okay. What's your favorite death death scene? Favorite death. Yeah. Favorite death scene. Had to be the head. The head. (laughs) Yes. Which head? Which head? The head crushed or the head? One that looked like super fake. Like, they all looked like they were fake. Well, yeah. I, I guess I, it was the climax one. Oh, the ah, one. With... You mean the one where he took the, where he put the guy in the massive meat grinder? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> God, what the fuck? Why did you remind me of that? <laughs> because we told you we were going to ask you about it. Oh, you're never prepared to talk about that movie, though. <laughs> well, that's what we did last week. It took a whole week to prepare. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Actually, so, I don't know. Uh, Chris, did you uh, watch that Rick movie? <laughs> yeah, you watched it right before. <laughs> that's right. You watched it right before. Yes. Yeah. So I oh, was, that shit. episode was me recovering from whiplash. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, sensory yeah. overload exploitation at its worst a, I mean it's a solid like C <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to give them like something for it like I wow <laughs> it's like competent in, in like just enough ways that you can get through it <laughs> man I've seen a lot of 80s movies and it just looks like an 80s movie that's also really gross <laughs> to me yeah, it uh, looks like whoever made it like went on some really well done drug trip and just like wrote the script and then said, "Huh, I wrote this. I might as well film it." Zach, you need to look at his other movies. I'm fucking telling you. I probably do. I will. <laughs> I will look into it when I have a minute and I'm not watching something for this podcast. Well, I will. Um, I will say that he reminds me of 
going to get into news. A lot of the director that died, Stuart Gordon. I don't uh, actually. Okay, go ahead. Gordon, to be honest. Um, so you've like... never, you've never seen Reanimator? No, I haven't actually. Okay, um, just to give you an idea about what I. Well, here's the thing about Why Stuart Gordon. Alex? Thank you for the nice pivot. <laughs> Uh, well, to be honest, not everyone has seen it. It's from the 80s, but to be like, we could put it on the series wheel if we wanted to because it's got it has a lot of movies. Um, but it is it's like Zach, this is the this is like Shaun of the Dead, Cabin Fever, like comedy horror. It, it's it's wonderfully funny. I, I would highly suggest it if you're looking for something that's both scary and scary, gross, and funny. So, like, like. It is about a guy who, um, two students who are in medical school, one of them is like way smarter than anyone else. So smart that he's actually created a serum to bring people back to life. And his other guy is just his roommate. And his roommate has a girlfriend and there's an evil uh, president at the school and like things just get crazy. And it gets there. It's disgusting. Like. I, I, this guy used to do theater and so he's, set, he's all about set design stuff. In fact, he is um, part of the set design and or the ideas that went behind the set design of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. He, he is a co-writer of that movie. Oh, so, nice. like, he, he understands how to take scope and scale and how to make ideas work on a visual level because of what he did in theater. But here's an idea of, like, how great he is as a person. He, he married a woman, I think, named Barbara something. I think maybe it's Barbara Hershey, but, like... Her name was Barbara, and she's in the movie. She'd end up being in all of his movies, pretty much. Caroline makes... Who? Caroline Purdy? Maybe. I guess. I don't know. That's his wife. That's who it says his wife is. Wait. Okay. So, anyway. he he. One of the things that happens in Reanimator, for example, is the bad guy gets murdered, and then he reanimates himself, but he doesn't have a head. So his body is carrying around his head. But he's also in love with the girlfriend of the roommate. So they kidnap her and then put her on a table, spread her legs, and then he uses his body to use his head to go down on her. God, that's so weird. It's amazing, guys. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's so great. I love it. It's just thing. People have been like, people have been like, that's such a crazy thing. Why would you ever have someone do that to an actress? Because it seems like the actress hates it. But then you're like, you hear the story, and it turns out there was an actress who was going to do it. But when she got to set, she didn't want to. And the wife of the director like came in. She's like, fuck it. I'll do it. I'm doing this. I've got this role. I've got this. We're doing it. And she just took it over. She was like, this is, this is going to be amazing, and I'm going to do it. And she had like no problem with it because she understood the point of it. And that's why I love that team. That's why I love his movies. They're so gross. They're so weird. They're so sexual. They're so dark. They're so Lovecraftian. In fact, From Beyond is a Lovecraftian move. Is a Lovecraftian story. Uh, I was gonna say, well, to... actually, uh, Herbert West Reanimator, which the movie's based on, is written by H.P. Right. Lovecraft. Yes, um, uh, Zach. He's he. These movies are great. Reanimator and Beyond and From Beyond are so gross and so disgusting, but so fun and Lovecraftian and weird. They're great. Reanimator is everyone should watch that if you like horror comedies. From Beyond is a test though. That movie's really gross and like it's got bondage and it's weird, <laughs> just super weird. Um, but yeah, no, Stuart Gordon, 
lovable guy. People really liked him. He just knew how to make things pop on screen. He really adapted from stage to camera really well, and he was just a gross guy. He just had a fuck. He just had a fucking weird sense of humor about what he put on screen, and I loved it. I loved it. He just he loved the weird stuff. Sounds like it. Yeah. All right. So should we talk about the uh, the thing? <laughs> I'm sure Chris is ten minutes at the at ten minutes. This. So, an announcement came out from our favorite Star Wars television show ever, The Mandalorian. Oh wait, 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 wait. okay, never mind. That's the other thing. All right. What, what are you going to talk about? I was going to talk about Mandalorian. I was going to talk about the book. Oh, we'll get to that. Uh, okay. So, Rosario Dawn has been cast. As Ahsoka Tano. Okay. Rosario Dawson, yeah. Rosario Dawson. Dawson. Uh, da- whatever, Dawson. <laughs> the girl from the Netflix series of Marvel who she's tied it all together. So much more than that, man. She's she's uh, she's in a Tarantino Black. movie. She was in Kids. She was in Rent. She started out in Rent. Not nah, oh, Rosario. Oh, started in Rent. Yeah, she she's one of the original cast members of Rent. She was in Sin City. Oh, she was in both Sin Cities. I thought you meant the movie. I'm like, oh no, that's where she started. Josie no, cats. in fact, the whole point of Rent the movie is that she was well past that time, but she did it anyway because she loved Rent and the people, and she just wanted to do it. But everyone's too old for that movie. Rent the movie sucks. <laughs> I'm not even that big of a fan of Rent, but Rent the movie is just. It's Man. too late. They're all old. They take this stuff. It's, no, Rent the Movie's bad. Anyway. What else is she in? Um, Men in Black oh, 2. Okay. I, said that. I know she's her. She's the animated She's in a bunch of uh, View Askew movies. She's, huh. she's, she's in Black movies. But she was in Dogma. She was, no, in, she was not in Dogma. Oh. In Clerks and Jane Silent Bob Strike Back and Jane Silent Bob Reboot, um, she's just been around, man. She's been around since the late nineties. Anyway, she's, she's gonna. She has wanted this role for years. Yes, she has, and she got it. And she got it. So good yeah. for her. Now here's the thing: I am the guy who doesn't know anything about. Rebels or Clone Wars, I, I know of Ahsoka. I know of that one bad guy that everyone loves. If you say names, it would probably stick with me if you said them. But there are some names that have stuck out. I don't follow them, mostly because I'll get that stuff when I want to get that stuff. But also, I'm also very interested to see if the adaptations into live action will beat me. And it looks like Ahsoka... The live-action version has now beat the time that I have to get to her storyline and anything. So what do you hope that they bring to the table for people like me who know jack shit about Ahsoka but know she's a big deal and knows that she needs to be respected? What do you want to see in here? I think all they really need to say is who she's connected to, truly. Absolutely not. That does not define her. I think what defines her is that she's the apprentice of Anakin Skywalker. Well, dude, I mean, she's got to be more than that, dude, because Anakin's gone. If she's still alive... No one knows who Anakin would be at that time anyway. 
Don't argue the point. You know I'm right. I'm going to disagree with you on that one, Chris. No, absolutely not. No one knows who Anakin Skywalker is at that point. The only thing that's an apprentice of Anakin Skywalker, there has to be more to her than that. I think there is, but you have to watch Rebels at the very least. No, people are going to do that. Absolutely not. What do you want from the live action version? Okay, Chris. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Chris something because Chris is the Wikipedia of this. Yeah. That's the sound of. Tell tell me something here. Okay. About Ahsoka. Okay. That doesn't require any information from any other sources involving her that we need to know about her. No, she still exists. If those things are canon. Then and Mandalorian is canon. Then it's just another yeah. part of the story. Well, I don't asking. disagree. I don't disagree. So tell us why we should care about her that doesn't involve anything she's done in those series for people who haven't seen them. Well, just to, I'm, I'm just asking why should we care about her as a person and as a character? It can't just be that she who she's connected to. It has to be like well, something she's done, I, how her attitude well, is, how she handles I situations. I get that, Chris. Uh, Alex, I get that, but like. I can't even get a chance to answer the question because you guys are arguing. Hold on, hold on, hold on, the question's on. for me, damn it. I, I now, 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 Chris, mommy, yeah. daddy, you're fine. We'll get, we'll get. <laughs> you want to be mommy, Chris? Can you get the nanny? <laughs> Could you get the nanny? Could you put a little whiskey in the milk tonight? Calm down. A little um, whiskey on the rim of the milk. Stop making them laugh. Give the baby whiskey. Here's the thing, Alex. Go ahead, Zach. Go ahead. Here's the thing about Ahsoka Tano is her achievements and everything she's done can't be explained without explaining what happened in those two series, in my opinion. Other than the fact that she was the apprentice to Anakin Skywalker. Now, in fairness, in fairness, there are things that are going to go on in the current season of Clone Wars that are going to be have big implications that will be better explained for Mandal uh, for the Mandalorian specifically that she participated in the Battle of Mandalore in the Clone Wars, and that is relevant because it means she has a direct connection to the Mandalorian. Uh, uh, Chris, Chris, sorry, Chris, I can answer your question right now. I can answer your question right now, Chris. Calm Dude, down. Get on with it. Get on yeah, with it. I get it. I get it. He's 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 the. We have that. That's something that's going to tie her directly to the Mandalorian. But past that, I think the biggest thing without talking too deeply about what's going on in those two series is that she was Anakin's apprentice and that she was one of the leading commanders at the Battle of Mandalore. Chris, answer whatever you want. Wrong! 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 No one knows who Anakin Skywalker is at the time that the Mandalorian takes place. Whoa! Hold on, Chris. Before... How do you argue that? Because I know for a fact that that's not true. Bull! No, so, during the Clone Wars... They know Vader! They don't no, know Anakin no, Skywalker! No, 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 no. Hear me out, Chris, before you get... Super I've been excited. hearing you out! You're not hearing me! I can answer I your question right now! Out, but I want to poke hole in your one comment. Anakin, yeah! Anakin Skywalker... <laughs> was a fucking rock star to the Republic. I mean, people... <laughs> he was the hero of the Republic. People viewed him in a great light, and people thought he died during the um, during the Purge of the Jedi Order. 
And then Vader shows up out of nowhere. And Vader, everyone assumes it's something else. No one knows who Vader is. And that's the appeal of Vader, is that Vader isn't Anakin Skywalker. He's Darth Vader. Anakin Skywalker, as far as people are concerned by this point, has been dead for 25 years. Okay, so this is the question that I'm asking. This is the question I'm asking. Okay, um, my original question is, what did you guys want to see presented for people like me that know nothing about her? And then it turned into, what is she like as a person outside of the things that she's done or who she's connected to? And a perfect example of what I'm asking is, like, if you haven't seen Hateful Eight, I'm going to discuss a little bit about, I'm going to spoil a little bit about the beginning. The beginning opens, like, well, if if you've seen, like, if you've seen it, great, whatever. Uh, So Hateful Eight starts with a group of characters meeting in the dead of winter in a horse carriage around, like, just after the Civil War. And it's Kurt Russell, Samuel Jackson, and Walter Coggins, and they're all talking to each other. And you, you've spent the most time, pretty much, with Samuel L. Jackson. He's the guy you're kind of seeing through this movie. And you start to follow him. You see some racists. You see some people trying to treat him about You see that he fought in the Civil War. But then you find out he did something awful for his own selfish reasons. And you're like, okay, now this is going to define who this character is. But then the movie goes on, and then they're thrown into this entire murder mystery, and their real character comes out. And that, like, how they handle those situations happens. That backstory really did help us understand some of the decisions the character makes, but also it's in direct conflict of the other decisions they make. So, like, Ahsoka has to be more than just those things. What is yes. she like as a person? If you were in a, if you were in an escape room with Ahsoka, how would she handle that situation? That's what I want to know. I'd like, you don't have to, I don't need to know the backstory of everyone's life to get an idea of who they are as a person. Thank so that, that's why Ahsoka has to be more than just those things. I also understand that maybe it's the case that people don't know what happened to Ahsoka. And that's why you guys are not, like, giving me all the information. Because either you don't ah! know because Bone ah! hasn't explained. Or you don't want to spoil things for me. But my get, but that doesn't explain why is she such a cool character. Why did she go from being the shitty character of the cartoons to the character everyone loves? I'm just going to keep talking about stuff until Chris explodes. That's what I'm wondering. The point that I'm trying to get at is I think that she's very well written as a character and you oh, really God, you're start you started off wrong. Feel for everything that's going on with her, especially in the back in 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 the later seasons of Clone Wars. Her her arc gets very, very well well written. She starts kind of coming to her own and Chris is like freaking out here uh she really starts coming into her own as a whole and at the very end when we get the last major uh storyline with her in clone wars alex i don't want to spoil it for you but something happens to her that functionally changes her a little bit as a character and then when we pick up with her in rebels uh a lot of time has passed uh, approximately chris was it 19 years 19 it's years favor fight and it's really embarrassing uh she yeah uh, when we pick up with her 19 years, she's a very different character, and we... Yeah, nine years. Wow. She's furious. Chris, you can, you can talk. No, keep going, Zach. Uh, <laughs> Chris, mute yourself. She, we pick up with her, and she's, a, she's still very much the same character we know and love, but she's different, and at the end of Rebels, 
you see a glimpse of kind of what's going on with her. And then past that, we don't really know what's happening. And we assume that Mandalorian's going to pick up someone. Why did I not decide to do a video podcast? Okay. Ah! He's angry. (laughs) It allows the listener to paint an imaginary world in which I stare at you through a tree as you trash your room. Your two cats bounce from room to from side to side of the room, just casually walking around as you destroy things, ducking because cats. All just right, like licking themselves Chris. as like things fly past their head. Chris, are you are you okay? No, not okay. Okay, okay. So Zach, not you, okay. You just you, keep going. Well, you, like I you mean, know why? Like you know more than I do, and I know you don't because you don't answer the question that is posed to the table right now. It was kind of vagities, yes. I'm. So, I want to know what she's like. If I asked you who who is Anakin Skywalker, like you'd probably be like, he's you know he's this, he's that. He had some stuff happen to him. He's dark. He's turning dark. He's fighting the light. Like, what what is it about her? Like you've explained that she's been through some stuff and now she's kind of. I understand you don't want to spoil things for me, which I do appreciate. I will spoil them for you. I will what do it. The person because that's how you answer like, the question. Does she like music? Does she like burgers? Does she flash dance? Like, First up, why is that what you want to know? I want to know what she's like as a person, man. Oh, God. Well, that's like, why I was kind of... Is she a person who plans her attacks? When she sits there, is she, uh, uh, is she impetuous? Is Anakin always trying to uh, hold her back, reel her back? Did she grow? What kind of person is she after those nine years? Is she more stoic now? Does she um, eat her food fast? Is she like a samurai? Is she more like a cowboy? Is she more like a bounty hunter? Is Stop asking like questions! Does she fart in her sleep? Does she like peppermint stripe? I like Imagine she comes into an episode like Carrie Russell did in Rise of the Okay, we'll check everyone. What, what I'm getting okay. at, Alex, is I can't do that without telling you the ending to The Mandalorian at the very least. I, no, I, I, I can I, do it. I'm sorry. If you would let me do it, I can do it. Please do okay, it, Chris. Yeah, Chris. You do. This is the question I just posed to Zach. Imagine an episode of Mandalorian where she comes in like Carrie Russell. She <laughs> oh comes my God, in that's help. exactly why I hung up. Well, the, I just, I just want to make it clear. This is the question I'm asking for people who've been wondering or killed themselves by now listening. This is the question I'm asking. If you can answer, Chris, go ahead. Okay, so the question is, right, who is she like as a person? Yeah. Okay. In a short, very brief summary, she's, she's everything Anakin would have been if, she, if Anakin had stuck to the light and left the Jedi Order. Probably, yeah. Um, she's okay. smart, resourceful, tactical, yes. Um... She, her, is blunt and yes, and her. Jesus, so blunt earlier like, that would have solved so much. Like almost chaotic, like okay, not okay, not chaotic good, but like lawful good, teetering towards chaotic good. Um, I think she's true neutral. She has, a, she point, has a sense. Of, she has a sense I'm of veracity. Her as a that person. I mean that that is who she is as a person though. She's true. She's more chaotic neutral than anything. Honestly, uh, whatever. Anyway, um, like her, describing her arc in Clone Wars would give more insight as to who she is, but across the broad strokes, that's pretty much like 
um, yeah. pretty much who she is without she is, she giving is exactly. anything away. That's as much as I can say. You have to tell me explicitly that you want to be spoiled to the Clone Wars. Otherwise, that's as much as I can tell you. He okay. kind of told uh, me. Otherwise, watch the damn show! Well, I'm just not that big on Star Wars, man. You know that. It's not the, like, you, well, I'm sorry, not Star Wars, Clone Wars. I don't care about the Clone Wars. You know that. Otherwise, okay, then I can't tell you much more if you just watch it. Okay, no, I'm probably gonna watch it one day. I'm just saying that's okay. why I haven't watched it. <laughs> then I can't tell you any more. Then I can't tell you more than yeah, everyone says it's great. Like no one says it's bad. And when something's great, I want to get to it eventually at some point. Um, and it is, but and then when I do, it'll most likely be because I'm gonna try and watch the whole series chronologically. Next time I go to it, like I'm gonna be adding the shows with the movies, like too. So, I'm going for it, like long run. But like I, I when it when it comes to the Clone Wars. The whole, like, Anakin, I don't care that much about it, but there are side characters like her, like, not necessarily Grievous, but there's another guy, there's another Yang. bad guy that everyone loves. I'm sorry, Yang, right? Cad Bane. Maybe. Anyways, uh... Yeah, no, no, there's no, 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 one more thing. Be, one more thing. If you don't want to be spoiled to Ahsoka Tano as to who she is... That is as much as either me and Zach could say without spoiling it. I'm and gonna if you just, want I'm to know that I recommend you watch the show to find out. If, now, you're, if you want to know that badly without either of us spoiling it, unless you want to be spoiled. Now, this is, now this is us nerds talking. Absolutely. But my initial question to all of this is, let's say you don't have a nerd in front of you. Who isn't going to do that homework? But they're hey. Because they liked season one. Right. I love that. I love so, being a nerd. So, Nothing wrong with that. What I'm saying is, is like, if if I'm just an everyday ordinary person and I'm watching season two for Mandalorian, like, mm-hmm. what's the what's the thing you would want from Rosario Dawson? What do you want? Like, what's what's the one thing you want from her? To, like, do you want her quips to nail? Do you want her to just like be tactical in a moment? Like, what's the one thing that you think she can bring to the table that no other actors can't? I think Alex her wit yes I think that Rosario Dawn is gonna Dawson Dawson and her last name is Dawson can Chris? we all get along please count to ten Chris I'm gonna keep missing it because it's gonna two three four Five. Cool. Okay. Six. Cool. So, Seven. as I was saying, I think Nine. that whatever role she ends up playing is going to be very tied to the first season of Mandalorian. Whatever it is. Um, I cool. think that she is going to bring a very strong sense of dialogue because I don't think she's going to do very much for action. Truly. I want her to bring... Ahsoka's convictions. Yes. I think we're going to... important thing to me. I think we're going to see a lot more of Rebels Ahsoka, who didn't do that much action, than we're going to see Clone Wars Ahsoka, who did a lot of action. I will say this, Rosario Dawson has done action before, and um, I I also understand they're giving her time to train, so it looks like she'll be doing some, but also, yes, my assumption is considering her age... That she's probably going to be more like 
cool and calm, delivering stuff awesomely than yeah. like in tons of major. There, there is a very distinct direction that Mandalorian ends on that makes a lot of sense that they're bringing Rosario Dawson. Let's go with that. They, it will not surprise me at all considering we know where Ahsoka is at season seven of Clone Wars and where she ends Rebels at. That wouldn't surprise me if Pedro Pascal's character doesn't go past her at some point in his time. At the end of Mandalorian, it sets up that it doesn't. It's not surprising that that's where it goes. Let's go with that. Sweet. Okay. So this, does that make sense? Are you satisfied, Alex? Can we please move on? You know what? No, I'm not. Okay. I want to know what kind of, what, what kind of skin color is her armpit. Her bra size is triple D. How about that? Is that what you wanted to know? Wow. That's probably what you wanted to know, exactly. right? How she has know? enormous honkers, so, right? Know me Just so enormous well. Balance. It's like two sacks of potatoes and then her feet show up. Okay. Okay. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. And I just want to get this for uh, for um, preservation. How many boobs do women have? Two or three? Three. Okay. I knew it. <laughs> I knew I wasn't looking hard enough. All right. Look- All right, Chris. <laughs> Let's move away from this because it's obviously frustrated you a little bit. And let's talk about... So you, she to know what she was like as a person, and you kept bringing up the fact that she was an apprentice to Anakin Skywalker, a person that nobody knows at this time period, because it's been 30 freaking years since the last time anybody's ever saw the guy, and the story that everybody knows right now is Luke! Chris, and Leia! Chris, I think the bigger question here is why are you so upset about our miscommunication of one Star Wars character? I don't know! Let's, let's talk about Rise of Skywalker novel that, Ale- that Chris very much wants to talk Alex, about. Alex, it's your turn to blow up. I'll, no, I'm saving that for later. When we watch a terrible TV uh, so, uh, movie series that... Uh, I, Sorry. Sometime in this episode, I'm going to blow up and I don't know when. I'm going to freak uh, out. You guys are going to have to... Uh, it's going to be a ticking time bomb under a table like a Hitchcock. Let's, let's talk about the Rise of Skywalker vi- uh, novel that Chris... So you got three chapters You got three chapters into this thing. Is I'm it three chapters in. Where's my phone? I need the. I need, I need. need a 10-minute timer. I can go all day. <laughs> so After all this, you still need a 10-minute timer? For the Rise of Skywalker, yes. Oh, all right, timer so, has started. Okay, so my first question is, if you could describe the book as a person. Um, uh, Yuve Bull. <laughs> oh my gosh we are not ima- okay so like imagine if um rob reiner tried to write a book and that's what it's like um or the book if rob reiner tried to write a book that's what it's rob like Rob reiner um, wrote a book no you probably actually did to be honest yeah <laughs> it's um just so it's great i have i have just wasted 30 seconds so sweet i gone through the first three chapters and i've taken notes i've written down notes in a journal um uh oh it started God. it starts with dear diary uh i'm kidding um kill me now right uh okay so chapter yeah. one okay so you know the opening crawl right you remember the opening crawl sure and how terrible it was um probably the worst opening crawl in of the saga movies i have um, a few things to say about this movie but that doesn't matter we're not talking about the movie we're talking about the book so oh i'm sure the movie. book's worse than the movie i'm gonna be honest um, the- it's actually right. better. It's the, oh, it's, it's the movie, but it's slightly better. So, slightly? It's- you don't sound very certain of that. Would, would you let me? Okay, you know what? Screw the timer. We're going. We're going all the way with this. 
because you guys like you've done this to, you've done this to yourself. Um, so as I skim through the book here to um, the crawl. So the crawl, the third, the third stanza in the crawl is. Meanwhile, Supreme Leader Kylo Ren rages in search of the Phantom Emperor, determined to destroy any threat to his power. Guess where the book starts after that? Mustafar? Mm, I don't know. Ray and the Floating Rocks. Of course. Hmm. Be with me, be with me. That, so that's where it starts. And I honestly think that is a better opening than what the movie gave us. Like, it starts there. Um, I gotta lower my voice. So, it starts there, um, which I think is a better starting point. For the movie, honestly, but it's just jarring against the crawl because the crawl needs to die. Um, so the ex- this is the expanded version, by the way. I'm not sure if there's a standard version that just gives the movie, but um, essentially, not. so in this open, so there's a conversation between Ray and Leia. It's obviously the book is better because Leia is given more of a role. It's the same role, but th- there's more to it um, because it's a novel. So, so good. Starts out with Leia because Leia's there, obviously talking to Ray, and she tells Ray about her training with Luke. Which, by the way, that flashback, they were training on the very planet they are that the Resistance base is on. Okay. I just felt the need to write that down because they uh, had to tie this. <laughs> they had to tie, They had to make that uh, connection. Um, so she doesn't go into detail as to why she left. Like when, like towards the end of the movie, um, all of that she, all that she says is that she left because she had visions and all that other stuff, which is true. She doesn't say exactly why or where her lightsaber is currently because she actually doesn't know. Um, and the, like the, the, uh, Kuleshov, um, montage that Ray has, um, after the jungle chase, um, in the book, it's an expanded, uh, force vision similar to the one in the force awakens. Um, and maybe this book is less subtle than the movie (laughs) because it states the obvious that I already, that can already be surmised by just describing what's happening. Um, so we go, then go to chapter two. Now we're on Mustafar. Um, the book kind of leans into Kylo Ren's birthright as Vader's uh, grandson, which I thought we were over with. Uh, oh, page 24, paragraph seven. Let me turn there now. Uh, stand by, everybody. Uh, dead air. Uh, I'm Mario's cousin, and I don't have the rights to say the song normally. I'm just Mario's cousin. All right, I'm here. I can't do plumbing. Okay, go ahead. Oh, um, wait, I said page 24. My bad. Sorry, everybody. I still can't plumb, and I'll do better next time. Clog the toilet at Mario's oh, house. Yes. He was Are you ready, Alex? Are you ready, Alex? Oh, okay. Um, so it jumps to a scene of, it goes to, uh, when, um, Kylo Ren is first on Exegol with all the large statues. Um, so this is what the narration says. 
But monuments preserved the past, and if he had learned anything recently, it was that the past needed to die. No shit! Hmm. They had to explicitly say that in case it wasn't obviously clear to people who are reading this book. Yeah, um, except it's not what he was talking about, and he specifically says that before that line, when he says that, you know, Sith and Jedi and all that crap need yes. to die. So he's not going to, like, no, no. Obviously, um, the big thing that came out of this book was that Palpatine was confirmed to be a clone. I can't confirm here on this program that that is, in fact, the case. I can read you exactly, for word for word, exactly what was said about that. Um, so this is when um, they, Kylo Ren and Palpatine are conversing. Um, the Emperor's eyes were filmed over with... Page 27, top of the page. Um, the Emperor's eyes were filmed, over, were filmed over with milky blindness, and vials punctured his neck, referring to his uh, apparatus. Um, all the vials were empty of liquid, save one, which was nearly depleted. Kylo peered closer. He'd seen this apparatus before, too, when he'd studied the Clone Wars as a boy. The liquid flowing into the living nightmare before him was fighting a losing battle to sustain the Emperor's putrid flesh. What could you give me? Kylo asked. Emperor Palpatine lived after a fashion, and Kylo could feel in his very bones that this clone body sheltered the Emperor's actual spirit. There you go, everybody. It's confirmed. He's a clone. Get your picture. So let me let, let me ask you this. What, okay. You know what? I'm just going to say this, because this is, would just be a roundabout way of me admitting something. Um, I'm back to being really pissed off about this movie again. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. It has nothing. To, it has nothing to do with the book. It just like, I, like you just. I mean, it's just something to give me a reason to say that. But like, ah, uh, yeah, no. Recently, I've been like because the movie's digital now. A bunch of YouTube and articles are coming out about people's opinions, and like I'm reading all of them, and they're all different, and and I'm not all going, you know, against, but. Even the pros, like, just the more I think about it, the more I'm just like, oh, God, what if really don't like it? I really don't like it. Told you. Just no thanks. It's just like if it's like going out, it's, it's like going over to this girl you, girl's house that you like on, like, the third date, and the food is terrible, and it smells horrible, and it's just nothing is pleasant aesthetically. You're just like, oh, God, like, no thank you. Man, I want to like you. I do, but, like... <laughs> this food. <laughs> you have constant. There's like a. There's like an animal dying in the background, but it's not like oh, a real animal. It's like music. I don't know what's going on. Aesthetically, this place is a lot. So also, I can't anymore. Fun piece of trivia: the star destroyers that rise from Mexico are one and a half times bigger than the original star star destroyers. Okay. You would never be able to tell with the naked eye. Um, Who gives a shit? Right? That's just like... You paid I, for that. You paid to know that. Right. You paid... You paid. You bought this book just so they could tell you that. It sucks. <laughs> it feels um, like a kick balls for you. I feel like I'm watching you just get kicked in the dick and like paying them $5 for it. I yeah. feel awful. Like they're bigger than the old ones. It's funny. Um, and then, so, you know the sequence of them, of the Star Destroyers, like, rising from Mexico? 
It's kind of striking imagery, right? The book explains that all that imagery that we are seeing is happening and is happening for real, but it's from Kylo Ren's perspective as a force vision. Oh, lovely. So it's a force vision happening in real time for real. And that's what we were seeing in the movie. That just makes things confusing. It just say it's happening. Yes. <laughs> Felt you heard the ground they're, shake. They're trying, to, they're trying to explain shitty editing in their movie. <laughs> like, why, why did it look so weird? Why did it just come up like that? Why don't you Why don't you explain it in the movie? Well, we're explaining it now. We're also explaining that it was happening then, and you saw it through somebody's mind, which is why it looked so weird. No, it's because you edited it like a freaking monkey. <laughs> anyway, that's fucking crazy <laughs> yeah it is that's what this book is for this book is explaining everything wrong about that's this why i had to read it that's why i have to read it it's just shitty it like that's insane dude you bought that man like you have it's toilet paper now. This is better. This you is better. Give it here's your... the thing here's the this is better paced than the movie though so it's really? easier for me to digest before you use them as toilet paper like crumple them up a bit just like well, I'm not going to do that. Um, Dude, chapter three. I'm not a no. fan of burning books, but. <laughs> I mean, that book probably needs to be burned, though. Up there on the no. list, man. No, Up. this is this is the probably the best version of the movie that I have right here. I have to hold on to this. Um, Dude, just for no. me to able to digest it, because like the movie moves so fast. Right. That's what it's for. That's what they made it so that to make people like you digest that shit. Don't no take that movie for what it's worth. You deserved a better movie, and you know that. Don't buy and the I book. Got it. It's right here. <laughs> no, dude, no. I'm telling you, dude. That that's just crap. That's trying to make their things. That's mm-hmm. trying to make their things make sense in one line or two. But no, they should have gotten the main event. You're a filmmaker, man. What do you stand for, dude? What do you stand? <laughs> for? That's my point. You're just a disgrace. That's what you are. You're just a huggable. I haven't even gotten to the main event in chapter three. I'm getting out of this tree, man. Alex, get ready. This is the kick. Here's the kicker. I'm taking my coronavirus suit. Taking my stupid. Finally, I can cut down that tree. Um. So I want to get stuff first. I got to get my stuff first. I'm gonna get back real quick. Better hurry up. Um. So chapter three. Um. They pointed out that. Okay, so like everybody hates the rations, but Ray doesn't know what everybody's talking about. We're back at the base, by the way, the resistance base. So and so everybody hates the rations, but they the, the it states that Ray doesn't know what they're talking about, and she's like hoarding like toilet paper these rations to go on this journey. How timely! <laughs> um. um I wrote down in my in my notes. Ray eats more shitty food than everyone else because orphan on Jekko. Um, <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Um, they also in the um, they also explain that Ray has an idea for a double for a double bladed lightsaber. That could fold for compactability. 
Okay. She had that idea. <laughs> well, yeah, of course she had the idea. Like that's where it came thing. from. Well, here's the thing: if she, it doesn't matter whether she'd be good Sith or not, ten to one, she's probably gonna make that. You don't have to be a bad Sith to want to make that. That's an awesome lightsaber tool. Now right? I bet she doesn't want to do it because now she associates that with that vision. Well, if she was smart, she'd understand that, that you don't have to be evil to be an engineer. Granted, a lot of them built the the Death Star too pretty quick. Anyway, here's the main event. Are you ready? We go I... to the moment that Kylo Ren's helmet is being rebuilt by a Sith alchemist. Okay. I told you they have alchemists. They have tailors. <laughs> Hairstylists. Um. Probably not. How do you think? How do you think? Ben, how do you think Ben Solo keeps that hair? Come on, he's got a salon out there somewhere. I've thought about this consistently. When he takes his helmet off for her, like he knew, man, I guarantee you, he was like, "All right, so I want my hair to be because I'm going to take it off," and she's going to be like, "You know, I'm guarantee you, she's going to say monster." How could she not? I mean, come on, she's going to say it, and I'm going to. That color rinse sounds. Yeah, of course, he's a little bit Italian. <laughs> That's Russian, my dude. <laughs> yeah, that's how Italian is. He doesn't even know he's Russian. Um, exactly doesn't make any sense so kylo ren reforged the helmet the book answer not the jj answer which was like something about showing how fractured and he was just despite the scar the book answer ren reforged the helmet as a symbol of his power quote but now, full of red. Yeah, let me go over. Let me go, let me read straight from the book because this is this is incredible. Good because symbol of his power sounds real dumb, right? Got to be more to it than that. You're telling me, right? That's not main event. That's like one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. I hope there's more. Hold on, let me look at this here. So, let me see here. Okay, so here, on page 40, towards the bottom half of the page. Um, now to reforge the symbol of his leadership. That's the one line. As he's about to give the broken pieces to the alchemist. Then we go over to page 41, bottom half. Reform his leadership? He's becoming the second-hand man to the Empire. Emperor. Um, An empire. He took it. Admired it. The mask was a thing of jagged beauty. Shaped, as, shaped just as before, but now full of red fractures like crimson lightning. Broken and reformed, like the knights, like his grandfather. I mean, I like the crimson lightning thing. That is actually good literature. I think that's a good line. A good way to describe that. But um, also, who... I, I, this doesn't explain... <laughs> doesn't this sounds really, stupid. Really, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, honestly. like I, You're just... <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Like he's reform his leadership. He's the secondhand man to somebody now. Like none of it matters. None of it matters. It's just please tell me. Please tell me you're just gonna like burn that. Just burn it. No. Go return it. Like this level of stupidity must be preserved for the rest of time. That's not stupidity, man. That's just like that's lazy. That is that is someone wrote uh, someone watched the movie, 
And then every time they saw something wrong, they just like wrote a sentence to fix it. And that's it. And these aren't even, these aren't even well thought out. The movie I think is a pretty dumb piece of crap. And this is just like lazy explanation. Like I, there is I really, one. and the point is that they made that you paid for it. That's what really annoys me. Like the movie is one thing, but you paid twice for something crappy. Like, damn, dude, Disney. Nah, damn. True. Nah. damn. This is a better. This is a, the, the the. Never mind. Whatever. I don't care. It, not, no, no. Let's I'm burning it. I don't want you to read it after this. You like the movie? Bad for the environment. It's bad for the environment. Trees would be mad. They'd just sit there and like, ah. But like, I, 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 there are things about it that you probably do enjoy as a Star Wars fan. Like you said, the Leia stuff. So no, there's probably like that are fun. What like it? It is for fans. I get it. But at the same time, like in terms of objectively better. Man, just like. Fuck it. They go fuck that book. There is one part where he takes the uh that one like um horned alien that helps that gives them the the spy information. Um with the 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 alien that got his head placed on the table, just blood all over the table. Um so there's the moment of like it shows the mo- it tells of the moment that Kylo did it, and it's like I can I can see it now, just him not hesitating, kind of like uh, Max von Sydow in uh, Force Awakens, except the head comes off. Yeah, heads. So now I'm at the part where um, the Falcon just landed from uh, light speed skipping, and that's where I left off. I'm sure it gets more fun. Oh yes, I just I saw a headline for an article that. It sees that this movie, that this book gets crazier, and I'm so for it. Yeah, I'm interested to get to the Palpatine reveal and stuff like that. That seems crazy. Like, yeah, like the Palpatine. Oh yeah, I want to see. I want to. I'm gonna get into their heads and I'm gonna, I, I will like, not to see what they my, say. I will not my malign my true feelings that every now and then I may really like describe that book like an arch nemesis. <laughs> so that's the first. That's just the first three chapters. Um. So yeah, that's where that's where I'm at, and that's uh, oh man, oh man, I can't wait to get to get through that book. There's gonna be so much more. So, has anybody watched anything interesting lately? I actually did. Okay. Unless you guys want to go first, which apparently is the norm around here now. I actually have nothing, so you guys can go. No, so go ahead. Chris. So not necessarily a movie, but. Surprisingly, a documentary. Um, so, Alex, have you ever heard of Vice TV? Yes. They are doing a docuseries uh, called Dark Side of the Ring. Um, they're in their second season, and they are tack- it's where they tackle different, uh, like, um, historically bad things about the wrestling business. Like, they did the, the Montreal Screwjob, which everybody's done. Um... Well, it's but kind of the... it this season they started with the topic of Chris Benoit. Oh, you mean the guy that you know double murder suicide? Yep. Oh yeah, that guy. They did not glorify what he did. Well, yeah, is, you can't. You can't. The guy literally uh-huh. double murder suicide. 
the they tr- yeah. like they explored re- like all the different factors that the media was trying to present like steroids or alcohol or CTE um they even explain that you can't explain the human psyche can't. like that so they just keep throwing all this like media uh, out there like the loss of Eddie Guerrero to that like put him into a cycle of grief that people point to that moment in the documentary as I think that like they think that was the tipping point like that was well, that's, a, that's far more personal than steroids right like so um it's like it's a very sobering like two part thing it's on YouTube right now you can go and find it um but like they even managed to it does end on a high note whereas like they got his they got Crispin Moss son from un, someone else, from a uh, another person um his pre his first marriage um who was in Canada when it happened and him just like struggling to get through it uh it was just like like, like they even blackballed the family like what do you, hardly what do you mean anybody blackballed? like um so like WWE doesn't really mention Crispin like the whole incident or Crispin Wall in general. Got um, you. And that goes for his wife Nancy, who was a wrestling manager named Woman, who was very good at probably the first of what she did, and quite possibly a pioneer for women in wrestling who will never be remembered as she should probably be. Who was a victim in all this and um so shoot i just lost my train of thought anyway so it's just it's honest i have that blackballed her uh oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so they black okay they blackballed everybody in the family like hardly anybody in the in the wrestling business save for two people um helped support um, either Nancy's family or like Chris's son, like because mm. the wrestling business it was like it almost like Chris Jericho uh, was on the interview and he said this event like this moment in time almost destroyed the wrestling business. Um, like it almost put an end to the wrestling business. At least in his mind, he thought it did. Um, think- so. And um, Nancy's sister, Sandra, she's, like, especially, like, mad about it. She's like, maybe one day I'll find peace. And maybe, like, this is her, this is, this is her words. Like, um, maybe one day I'll find it in my heart to forgive what Chris did. But it's not today. Uh, yeah. So... I definitely recommend it. Um, it's an important moment in not just wrestling history, but more of like like sports as a whole. Because you kind of, because especially when they talk about like CTE and all that, it's more of like they describe it as something that like kind of not just shook pro wrestling, but like like athlete sport and like in general. Like with football, 
Um, yes. And they, they, all I'm going to say, they handle this subject very well, much better than a biopic would ever do, which at this point, I don't think I need to see. Would they ever do a biopic about Chris Benoit? Probably well, not. They're probably, well, like Jim Ross, he was on the interview. He was on the uh, documentary. And he was, it was like, he's like, should he go into the Hall of Fame? Absolutely not. Never. He shouldn't go in now or ever. Um, oh. Like, and even if, like, it was like, even if it was like a real possibility, he explained. Like, even if it was like a real possibility, like he should have, like done. He's this like Jim explained it this way. His words again. Like, if Chris were here, he'd be like, "No, it's too much. It's too much of a. Distra- I'm too much of a distraction. They're just gonna talk about what I did to Nancy and Daniel. No, because like that's the kind of person they knew him." They, they, that, that's the person that's the Crispin Benoit they knew right like quiet reserved didn't want to be a distraction very dedicated to his art to a fault perhaps um but yeah um so yeah I honestly I recommend it it's like I think it needs to be um, seen I would say I'm if they ever I, I don't think they should ever do a biopic about him but I do think if they, I do think if they ever did a biopic about his era, about that era of wrestling, um, he could probably be a part of it. But um, this is the true crimes are usually best for documentaries. That's why so many of them are part of them. The, um, there's a lot of people you can talk to about the victims that are connected to the killer. You have the police. There's so many angles and perspectives that people are there, and you can never really get the right answer about why he did it. You never will. So. Let me ask you one question. Was he still wrestling when he did this? Um, he was supposed to be... Okay, I'm going to go and do some of the detail. So if you're sensitive or like to like stuff, then turn it off now. So um, he was supposed to be... Yes, he was an active wrestler when this happened. Um, he was still like wrestling full-time. And he was supposed to be in Houston... For a pay-per-view, when they figured out that, like that weekend it happened, he like they figured out that something wasn't right, and so what happened was, as far as anybody can tell, the series of events was he got into an altercation with Nancy. Um. Strangled her with a phone cord with her with his knee to her back and killed her. Mm-hmm. And he placed a Bible next to her body because <laughs> Eddie right. Eddie Guerrero, who was his closest friend, who died from heart disease at thirty eight years old. Um, that's not. I mean, that's crazy. He. Um, in a Minneapolis hotel, in his nephew's arms. Um, I feel like that story than just heart disease, but okay. So, 
he because Eddie was a witness to Chris, and he gave one time gave him a Bible and you know did like did his best to reach out to Chris on that level. And so, like he said, after he killed Nancy, he put a Bible next to her body. Then he went into his son's room and strangled his son to death. Placed a Bible by his body on the bed. Um, then, apparently, the sickest part, he di- He killed himself two days after this. No, I mean, it makes sense. Um, so, that, that moment particularly hurt. Um... And of course, like Raw did a tribute show to Chris Benoit in front of an empty building um, before all the facts came out. So the next day, that's when they completely tabooed him. Um, so everybody's like, it was it was steroids. That's what everybody was doing in the eighties and nineties. It was CTE. He took a lot of shots to the head, as as a wrestler does, because now. Chava Guerrero, who is Eddie's nephew, he was like, because now we all got it. Like, how much of it do I have? Like, it shook people. Um, And it was uh, alcohol, because they found, um, like, wine and alcohol, like, uh, wine and beer everywhere. Um, And... Yeah, it was like no one like the full point is like no one will really know why. Like we'll we'll never know. Um Nancy's sister is just like it's a combination of all those things. But it doesn't change the fact that it happened. And it was there's probably an element of premeditation to it. Um Um that's why it, that's why I'm not surprised that he spent two days um before he killed himself, is that yeah, he'd been thinking about that for a bit. So, yeah, that, so, yeah, like I said, I, 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 if I recommend it because everybody, like, everybody talks about wrestling as just being this cool thing. It was like, if you want to know how low it goes, that's, that's, well, I think that's a pretty, a very point. interesting, a very interesting question too. Like, should he be taken out? Should he not be added to the hall of fame? Um, uh, that's an interesting question. Um, um I think that, like, because everybody asks that. It's like, should he be in the Hall of Fame? Should he be in the Hall of Fame? Everybody's just like, no, he should not be in the Hall of Fame. No, he shouldn't. But, I mean, like, it's still an interesting question to ask. Like, just for safety reasons, put him in there. But also, (laughs) there's (laughs) – but, um, yes, there are, like, the interesting questions of it happened when he was an active wrestler. It sounds premeditative. But it also sounds like he represents – what happens to many people in that business is that um, they don't have good endings. They don't, uh, a lot of them don't have good endings to their stories. And he may be a prime example of one of the most extreme, but yeah. he also may, like, he may be something that we should be talking about. Right. And didn't just sweep him under the fucking rug, but whatever. Like, that, that's the other thing about sports for me. It's like, you know, Michael Vick is great. He's great. And then he, you know, the dog thing happens, and like that's awful. He's terrible. He's still playing. Still in the Hall of Fame. He's not in the Hall of Fame. Is he not? 
No. Good. Um, but seeing how this current football climate is, he probably will be one day. Um, they shunned a guy who needs during the national anthem. Though. Like fuck that guy. So, yeah, there was a. So his son Dan- David, who was with his his mom at the time in Canada, he's like, like that wasn't him. Like, like he, he, that's how he's coping with it, I guess. It's like that. That's not. That's not the dad I know. It's like. Oh yeah, of course. Like, I mean, one of the, one of my favorite things I remind my sister was saying is that there was a time where we just didn't hang out that much. Where she was in college and she would come and see me, and she would just think I was weird, and she'd be like, "Alex, please don't kill anyone," and I'd be like, "Why?" And she's like, "Cause I don't want to go on TV and have to explain myself. Like, it just it isn't you. But if I have to explain myself on TV, that's Whereas then I was like, that's just a funny way of looking at it. <laughs> and she's like, I, um, and just like we're way closer friends now. When I remind her, she thinks that's funny. But like, that's the that's the point. Like, you if something like that ever happened, how you can't explain that. Like, how do you explain that? You you knew that you thought you knew this person, even despite the fact that they were really showing you just one side of themselves. But the. At least the, the the happy note that they ended on was that Nancy's sister Sandra and David had not seen each other for thirteen years since it happened, and Chris Jericho was like, "Okay, we got like he orchestrated it. He's like, okay, we're gonna get these two to finally meet so they can heal together." Tickets and to WrestleMania? No, uh, oh. tickets to All Elite Wrestling. Uh, <laughs> um, so they. They met, they um, have started that process, and yeah, so that is good. that's kind of where it uh, ends on, but um, I will, yeah, that does sound interesting, I'll check that out for sure. Yes. Um, um, how much, do- how many documentaries have you seen? Not a lot, actually. We, um, we last documentary I saw, I think, oh god, um... I've seen Beyond the Mat. I guess mostly just wrestling, um, but like football. Like I, I, wa- I watched some of the uh, thirty uh, for thirty. Thirty for thirty. Yeah, um, those are those are some interesting stories. Even just about games, and they even show the one about Michael Vick. I'm like, oh, okay, that's a lot to stomach. <laughs> oh man. Um, so. There's some good ones that we can recommend for sure. Zach, um, have you seen King of Kong? King of Kong? Yeah. Yeah. I actually yeah. saw it when it premiered. I did not. I have not seen that, but, like, have you seen Hoop Dreams? Uh, I've seen, like, parts of Hoop Dreams. I haven't seen all of it. Oh, those are two really good ones that I think would work well. Like, Chris, I think you would absolutely adore Hoop Dreams. I think Chris would also like King of Kong a lot, but also because Billy Mitchell's just such an asshole. Oh, it's such a fun... It's I hear it's such a fun movie, and I've seen a few clips, but I've never really sat down and watched it. It does look like a lot of fun. It's just a good... There's a good guy and a bad guy. It's great. So, yeah, there's uh, a tangent about Chris Benoit. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting documentary. Um, So, I... I like I said, I've been watching old movies, so I went back to John Ford's *The Quiet Man*, which um, St. Patrick's Day. I wanted to watch something Irish, 
it was really funny this time but watching no Leprechaun. I'm sorry, but no watching Leprechaun. Mm, uh, no, I've I've liked if I watch Leprechaun, I gotta watch them all, and then that's, that's my whole St. Patty's Day. I gotta spread the love. Uh, and I like to spread it throughout the years. Um, and also, uh, Leprechaun in the Hood. Come on, let's do this. Like, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. Plus the sequel, Leprechaun in the Hood 2. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, it was available. It was available. That's why I watched that. Because it, it had one day left on an app. And I was like, I have one day to watch this. So I'm going to watch it. It was great. Funnier than I thought. Great moments. I think it's a decent John Wayne movie. But also, really weird women politics. It's really dated for sure. Um, Rear Window. I watched Rear Window again. The freaking best. The best. I love Rear Window. I think it's my favorite Hitchcock for sure. Um, how much Hitchcock have you watched, Chris? As much as the as many clips as they've shown during class. Wow. Which okay, is so like never a full movie. Never a full movie, no. Dude, okay, I've always loved that. Like, what's the best one to start with? Dude, he's got so many that are just... He is pro... Her, the birds, man. The birds are so no, funny. I think it should be Rear Window. I like the birds. I do, but we, like, the, there's an insanity to the birds that we need to watch his movies to get into because they don't, they don't explain a lot about that movie. You gotta be like... You gotta watch a couple more of his movies to really, like, get into the vibe of, like... Birds. I love the birds. Don't get me wrong, but like I think Rear Window is it. Either Rear Window or North by Northwest. No, I wouldn't say Psycho. Um, yeah, I think one of those two. But Rear Window was just so much fun. Um, and I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry to like put you down like that, Zach. That was rude. But that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> uh, start people. I was on a run, but I think to start people off, like. I want. I'm. Th- I, there's something that's like smart, technically interesting, and just fun. Like, when was the last time you saw Rear Window, Zach? Rear Window? Yeah. I've never seen Rear Window. Oh, dude! All right. Okay. So yeah, Rear Window's amazing. <laughs> Rear Window's amazing. Uh, I loved it. But here's the thing: I loved it because there was also a movie on that app called The Window. It was a black and white 1949 movie about a kid who witnesses a murder and he's got to like convince everybody because they don't believe him. He tells lies all the time. It's awesome. Really beautiful photography, crazy ending. And also like really like problematic 1950s parenting stuff. It was awesome. Um, and then I found a, a silent movie that I was rewatching. I've seen it before and I forgot how good it was. Rewatching it again this time solidified it. I think it's a masterpiece. I think it's the, I think it's the silent film to bring to the wheel that will uh, really, I think it'll amaze you, Chris. And it's called Sunrise. And uh, rewatching it again this time, I think it's one that I want to bring to the wheel for sure. Like, I love Gold Rush and I love Charlie Chaplin, but this is the movie that I think would blow you away. And I don't want to explain it. Um, well, I'll explain it a little bit. It's about a guy. <laughs> it's about a guy who is tempted by his mistress to kill his wife. And he um, he uh, attempts to do that. But it, it, it will make you cry, Chris. It's so good. It's so good. It's so beautiful. I love it. It's such a beautiful movie. Mm. All right. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Nope, that's all, uh, that's all I got. 
Let's see. Nope, that's it. Paprika. Paprika. Aptly named. Yes, aptly named. Do you know the spice well? Because I don't. Um, only the Spice Girls. Ah, yes, the the <laughs> the extra six Spice Girl paprika. <laughs> she was there was sporty spice, posh spice, <laughs> baby spice, sexy spice, um, and then the one that would go in your dreams. <laughs> You'd see weird hallucinations. She would help you get through your weird problems. Okay. Who wants to start? Um, well, I know this is Zach's choice, and he's the most excited about it. Um, I don't I'm know if you have excited. any questions for... I don't, I don't know if you have any questions for Chris, but I kind of have some questions about Chris's experience. Um, but you can go ahead if you want to start, Zach. So, as... I'm sure we've been told a lot. This movie is directed by a director known as Satoshi Kone. Okay. He is no longer with us. He died of, uh, what was it, Alex? Uh, pancreatic cancer, right? Yeah. yeah. He, he, did not, of... he did not kill himself. We have to... He did not kill himself. Well, I mean, he's still he's still dead. <laughs> you know, the answer is still the same. I can't believe you did that on my program. How dare you bring <laughs> fake news? I mean, <laughs> he thought he killed himself because, man, of his di- because of his diagnosis. But he did not. He just he, After he got his diagnosis, he spent the last year, months of his life saying to everyone he loved how much he loved him and doing everything he wanted to do saying goodbye to everybody and getting everything in orders and then he just slowly deteriorated didn't tell anyone in the public until like right before he died and everyone was like holy crap and he just what died fuck happened yeah <laughs> so um this director is as people have said is a direct influence on darren aronofsky uh darren aronofsky has on multiple occasions said he likes this director a lot and he keeps he keeps spoofing his movies, so you know there's something going on there. <laughs> I would say spoofing, but he's certainly nicking a lot. He's certainly taking a lot. He's, but, taking, um, more than, he's taking more than you would see other directors that we've talked, like David Lynch and Christopher. That we'll talk about, like David Lynch and Christopher Nolan, who uh, take inspiration from this director, but not quite to the same extent that Darren Aronofsky does with the, his movies. Yeah, Aronofsky's a little bit shameless, whereas I think Nolan is a little bit more uh, efficient. Nolan is like a surgeon. Nolan's like a guy who saw a, like a body, and then he was like, I'm going to dissect this. And then he took out all the things that were unique and interesting, and then he put them into the Frankenstein monster he was working on. He doesn't take anything that I would say is a direct rip. What one yeah. of my favorite things that I've does, in the movie. but not <laughs> yeah. like Perfect Blue. Well, I've seen there's a movie that Cone did called Perfect Blue. Yeah. I know enough about the plot now to know why people think they're basically the same thing, but there are differences to the plot. But it's the imagery. The guy yeah. jacks the imagery. The guy yes. jacks a lot of like the emotional thematic tones, and it's like, well, you're basically telling the same story in your own way. There's like. Yeah. No, like at the beginning of this movie when they're doing the whole circus thing and the yeah. people with the detective's face start attacking him obviously Nolan was like that's awesome but I'm going to use that to apply that to my plot 
that's yeah. going to be a mechanic to explain how the story in the third act is going to go. Yeah. Like he just used that as a mechanic for storytelling because it was an interesting visual. And he, that's the best way to apply it. That's what Tarantino does. Just a little bit more sloppy. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, you know, we saw a little bit of this, uh, on, uh, this, but also even David Lynch, uh, takes a little bit of influence from this director um he's done uh i think what was it three or four movies and two tv series um and uh chris i think you would be aware of at least one of his tv series uh he directed the first two seasons of jojo's bizarre adventure <laughs> hmm um, and then he uh, he also wrote, I think, a couple arcs in Toriko, if you know anything about that show. Uh, I don't know too much about it. I know it's really weird and crazy, and it doesn't surprise me that Satoshi Kon did some stuff with that. Uh, I got to study this director, actually, for my senior college uh, thesis, and we uh, mostly uh, studied a lot of the uh, the, uh, the visual aspect of what Kon did and a lot of the uh, the making what isn't necessarily real real sort of stuff and things and we definitely played off that hmm. um I, the little bit of research that i did about him that i could tell so hang on because uh, you guys he, you guys you guys keep going i just gotta i'll just be right back okay just keep going i'll be right back all right we're gonna have a talk time about what chris is cool about I like his hair. I like his mustache. I uh, like the way that he says hello in the hey, morning. Hey, Chris, we, we need you to, to Alex, we, we need you to, to focus more on Satoshi Kon here. Um, okay. So, so, okay. So the one thing that I, well, I wanted to talk about some stuff with Chris, but I would say the interesting thing that I found about him was um, his growth as like he went through the business and what inspired him. Yeah. He, he liked mangas right away and everything. He wanted to like, draw but he was initially in terms of filmmakers inspired a lot by like kurosawa a yeah. lot of french new wave he was a big fan of editing and one of the many 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 reasons why he never wanted to be a live action filmmaker was because he didn't think that they could edit that there was edit that they could edit to his pace and the thing is like when you break well, you down, can see a lot of that in this movie too, is that oh, yeah. uh, like like a lot of it and even in the the video i showed sent you guys um it even explains like he does shots like like five frames faster than they could ever possibly have been done on on real film. Something that would take uh, ten seconds to do, he does in six frames, and in uh, ten frames he does in six. And it's like, oh my god, this guy is like yeah. going at a mile a minute, but he's showing so much information. There's an efficiency to visuals. There's a, there's an efficiency to language here that's really kind of amazing it's it's the kind of thing that can only come from watching um live action filmmakers and um reading manga and just kind of applying those things properly as opposed to like this is how the anime works this is how live action works he pushes them together pretty interestingly because his main thing is that he's a, like melding fantasy with reality so yeah. his sense of reality is really seamless and grounded especially in scenes where like the doctor is reliving 
Chiba is reliving moments that she doesn't know are real or not when she's trying to jump over the railing, for example. How yeah. it feels, how it looks, everything is there, just texturally. And when you apply that to, say, like, the faces melding together in the dolls, it, it's really interesting. Like, he understands how, like, mangas can fantasize things, but he also understands how the real world can use the camera to make the audience feel things. Um, yeah. All in the editing and all in the visuals. Pretty crazy. No, it is. It is really crazy, and it's really, really cool. Like, this director is very, very talented, and it, it's a shame because I think this director has really gone under under the radar for a long time, especially in animation, um, because he, um, I, he's just been very under the radar. You know, we've we always hear about Miyazaki or. Uh, uh, Masahiro uh, Haroa, who is the guy who actually uh, is the spiritual successor to Satoshi Kon and was one of the people people uh, assumed to uh, to um, replace him and be his successor. Uh, obviously, that didn't end up happening, but uh, but uh, he he definitely has an influence on on the industry and not even just the animation industry. I mean, this is a guy directing who's influencing some of the arguably biggest names in Hollywood right, right now. I certainly think um, it's hard for me to say because I don't know anime very well. And that's the thing, like the, the cream rises above and then there's always a name that's going to soar. And um, Miyazaki is certainly that. And I haven't even seen most of the ones that people should see about his work. So even for someone like me who is, I guess cinephile it would should do the homework <laughs> that's like that's the interesting thing so everyday people not have not hearing his name is interesting especially when someone like Christopher Nolan steps up his game and like takes the right pieces from this and makes his own deal out of it and it's like the biggest thing and it almost wins best picture and people are still talking about it so it's it is crazy is a nutty movie but like I think it's nutty in a good way and in a way that was very ahead of its time considering when the movie came out. Certainly in its techniques for sure. I, um, I think that um, like we were talking about uh, you were talking, you and I were talking about how um, this movie's plot feels very straightforward and very simplistic. And we'll get into that a little bit later, but um I don't necessarily think its simple plot hurts the film that much. I think it exemplifies the, um, the, the visuals, or it at least helps you focus more on the visuals because you don't have to worry about a complex plot. Yes. Um, I, I agree with you. I think the, since the, the intent and the focus and all the well-rounded nature of this is in the, is in the visuals, um, it doesn't necessarily need to be a complicated plot. And I am thankful for that. But at the end of the day, I do hear people's arguments that be, being the sci-fi genre film that it is yeah. and leans in the fantasy world through its sci-fi elements, that they should be broader, that they should be expanded more. And I get it that it should be, it doesn't have to be primer, but I get that this also isn't necessarily as easy to follow as, say, Back to the Future. So there's a middle ground here that um, I hear people when they say it isn't struck, 
as well as they think it is. But at the end of the day, I also am, I, I'm just shocked at like the technique of this, the way it looks, the every cut is so interesting in this. It's, it's, yeah. I kind of can't take my eyes off of it. And the more story I, I see, the more I am understanding more um, of the visuals. But at the end of the day, like, it really just is like let we we have the world at our fingertips now, so let's play. Let's just play. We can do anything now. Let's play. I I yeah I agree, and I think he really does this very well. I think the opening scene alone you know, really shows a lot of the fun that can be had in this movie. What were your thoughts going through when you first saw it? Wow, this movie's weird as shit. <laughs> oh, that, that opening scene, like, how um, were you trying to figure things out? Like, what was your vibe? Yeah. So, I, obviously, when I saw this movie, it was after Inception to come out. So, and I came into this movie with the understanding of it's similar to Inception, it's using similar uh, storylines and all that. And um, I think that, uh, how should I put it? Like, um and i went into it in this first uh the first opening image i i, I saw was i got very much <laughs> it sounds weird but like kind of a um a shonen anime feel if do you know what i mean by that term yeah um like the opening scene felt very shonen very kind of almost death notey a little bit you know there's there's a there's this kind of cool world going on this uh i'm not i wasn't really sure what was going on if it was just that uh the character paprika could like jump into uh, to things or what was going on you don't really know that it's like inherently a dream until they start really explaining a lot of the world um but I think, like, after you're a little bit through it, and especially when you're doing the scene where she's jumping around all these people's dreams and all that, and she's jumping in and out of people's t-shirts and stuff, it's just this very cool, beautiful design that just really shows off <laughs> sorry sorry about that everybody nature called um oh wow yeah that's so, right you massive explosive diarrhea i forgot how did you know <laughs> just just stand out this side this tree man i can smell it i'm gonna cut that tree down it's gonna be soon you'll never see it coming um Dude, you know what's gonna happen i'm just gonna you know camp out there <laughs> Uh, I got a tent. It's in waiting, but I like tree houses. You know that. You're gonna have to hide it from the landlord. Well, your landlord isn't gonna see me. I've got a cloak of invincibility. Invincibility or uh, invisibility? <laughs> <laughs> well, I I bought it from a homeless man, so I didn't really look into it. He said, "Don't Google it." Just that, to trust. Him. That sounds like it's cum stained. Jeez, man, I knew it was crusty for a reason. Oh, man. <laughs> Poop. Poop nose fart McGee. All right, so where are we at? What did I miss? 
Okay, so um, we're just talking about our thoughts about it. Um, so, okay. Zach, what was your feeling watching it this time? Did you watch it this week? Uh, I didn't. I watched it the one time, unfortunately. I was a little bit of a bad boy, but I saw it. Um, I did do a little bit of research this week, though, uh, looking into a lot of little things in the movie, though. So. Oh, dang it. So, Chris, what? Okay, so we went, we blew this whole thing last week about because here's the thing you and i were on the same page i we knew nothing about it we looked at the trailer and our minds were like this is gonna be super confusing banana braids cuckoo bananas and then you watched it and what was your thoughts um that was more straightforward than i thought it was gonna be okay um like you're talking about the story right uh pretty much overall yeah okay it was the deeper themes that i was more concerned about that i was i was gonna look like an idiot for um well um then what would be, then my next question would be what did you get out of this movie that you felt uh if we're going to use the phrase deeper means i would rather use the thing thematically what were the themes about it that that resonated with you when you were watching it like not just with the story maybe it was with the story maybe not what did you feel when you watched this by the end um maybe Maybe not too much escapism. <laughs> mm-hmm. What do you mean by not too much escapism, I guess? Well, okay, so I watched it, right? And I'm yeah. like, I'm going to sit on this for a little bit. So then I was just like, okay, what does all this mean? I couldn't come up with a conclusive answer. I just knew what the story was. That's what I was mostly concerned about, and I got that. Um, in terms of deeper thematic stuff um at that one that evaded me um i didn't know why there were so many of j joe and jameson's uh faces on people um so i said you know what okay all right fine i'll see what other people said um i conceded defeat and i saw movie analyses and it all makes sense now. Yeah. Do you, you understand uh, the kind of deeper meanings that's going on in this movie? Uh, the term dreams is used as a double meaning. Yeah. Um, and then there's reality. It's like two versions of two versions of the word dream and then reality. So it's, there's three. It's like a triangle of things going on here. Um. Uh, and I figured out what the Michael Caine was. Okay. It was okay. So what I mean by paprika, what I mean, uh, when I what I mean by Michael Caine is that in Inception, which we should not compare this movie to in the slightest, but in Inception, Michael Caine was interviewed and he said, "Okay, I was having trouble. Like, I think this is how it goes. I was having trouble understanding things, and I went up to Nolan. I was like, dude, what's real?' It's like, and Nolan said." According to Michael Caine, whenever you're in the movie, they're in reality. So I'm like, okay, there's got to be a piece of that here. Zach, you said there wasn't. I don't think there is. I think it's Paprika herself. That's when I knew. That's how, that's how I was able to follow whether it was reality or not. So, so Chris. Um, so tell me why I'm wrong, which is what you're so darn you're good at. You're not inherently wrong. You're not inherently wrong. Um, you came to a good conclusion, but you got the execution backwards. 
Um, paprika is how you know they're always in a dream, actually. <laughs> That's what I meant. Yeah. Um, so What's the, the difference? Yeah, he didn't say that she that she was the route to reality. He just said that she was his guide to the movie. In other words, yeah. I'm assuming dreams. That's how I knew when reality yeah. was correct or not. Got yeah. It. I mean, the, 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 the beauty of this movie is that the whole idea of the movie is that you don't know what's real and what's not. Because anything could be a dream and that... Ha! I cracked the code! <laughs> I think the more you watch it, the, the, the more you understand it and the more you can pinpoint what is and what isn't. But that's the thing. Like You can do that with this. My, my initial problem with the film is that it has two narratives and I think one, both are a bit unfocused. One collides with the other a little bit. It's not enough of a sci-fi movie. It, it's basically Chiba. Dr. Chiba is the main character, but, like, she's not. And as much as I like the stuff involving the cop, it just sort of, like, doesn't need to be there. He does save the day, but, like, he doesn't need to be there. Um, but, and then, like, the doctor falling in love with the fat guy at the end. Like, all that just seems a little... It doesn't seem fleshed out as the visuals are. And that, to me, I've heard arguments is... I think that's probably the weakest thing about the movie over time, which is why I don't know if I'm going to return to this as much as I'd like to. But I will say that um, the more and more I have watched it, the more and more I'm watching these cuts, and I'm watching these edits, and I'm watching these visuals, and I'm watching how this story gets all this stuff across visually. And it is... It's blowing my mind more and more. Like I, I I'm so I impressed. People don't come, I think people don't come back to this movie for the story, truly. I think people come back to this movie for like you said, Alex, uh the visuals. There's so much going on on screen that one viewing doesn't even do this movie justice. And two viewings probably don't. That's, that's think- the thing that I'm coming to at the end of the day is that like I as I I'm, can appreciate that the initial point of this entire movie was so that animators could go bananas. They could just so this filmmaker could make something that he knew he couldn't make in real life, and it's amazing. That's all, that's all it is. And at the end of the day, I I I I forgive the story not being stronger for that. It could be stronger, but I forgive it. There are some cases where I wouldn't. Like Avatar, I forgive. The entire story being weak as hell is because of the visuals and the action. It's an action movie, and it works that way fluidly. And I forgive it for that. And I do that here. I, 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 I like that there is depth and meaning to the love of movies. I get that there is like depth and meaning to the dreams we want to achieve, to how we view the world. I get the deeper meaning that his, the, the movie ends with the main, one of the main characters going to see a movie that the original filmmaker of this never got a chance to make and how like that resonates just after on a, in a posthumous way. But at the end of the day, like I, you could pause any moment of this movie and you will be in the middle of something that you cannot do in real life. It, it's such a technical achievement. It's just, it's blowing my mind. It's a the shame more that more this I look movie at- truly isn't studied in film school more than anything. I think. I just it, think when the when the yeah when the language is this strong, why not? Like I think this this film should be taught in film school as an example of utilizing your frame to tell a story. And even if you're studying animation, you know what I mean. This movie, especially so, then 
to show the true depth of what animation can tell from a visual storytelling. Not necessarily from a plot. It's a it's a weak plot, but from a visual standpoint, I mean, you could watch this movie a hundred times and see a new thing every single every single watch, and that's the beauty of this movie. And I think like that's truly also I think the beauty of this director. This director does this all over his work. It, but Paprika's the craziest and and the gorgeous of all most gorgeous of all of them. But all his movies do stuff like this where it's it's all subjective and and that the um and that the uh the the um the um frame is just a canvas um chris yeah so i i had no idea how linear and i guess pretty understandable the story was going to be based off that trailer but i figured it was a surrealistic film and yep. yeah it is ultimately that and the thing about surrealistic films that you can apply that you can't always apply to other ones is mostly moment-to-moment feelings. So, like, how would you explain your journey from scene to scene? Like, just, like, pick a section. Like, just for the opening section, for example, with the whole circus bit. Like, how, long, how did you feel going from I don't understand what's going on to, okay, I got it. Like, how did that make you feel? Because I feel like that's how it was for me. Like, it starts off weird, but then it gives me the answer I need. It starts off weird again, and then it gives me the answer I need. Um, uh, first thing that comes to mind is the the Kanakawa at the bar. When I think about anything from this movie, um, that's kind of the moment where okay. That's where I started to piece things together. Um, that's where I know it's like, okay, this is this is it. This is what this is what is going on here. Um, with just the detective. Yes. So nothing to do with the actual machine and the story of the movie. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Just okay. Like, so I was trying to I was trying to figure out the point more than anything. That's the problem. I got the- it. Okay. I will. I mean, what do you mean by point? With just the detective or the movie? So, the movie. I guess the, with the uh, movie. Because I felt like I didn't know what it was yet, but I felt like this is coming together. This is this is the point where the movie is saying this is what it is right here. Um. So I paid. Not- I was starting to pay more attention to that part. I agree. That's the scene that got me the most. That's the scene where I was the most affected by because there was a beginning and a middle and an end to it that worked within this. Like you could have basically had this entire story with the cop, but taken out the machine aspect and the sci-fi and just had him talk to a therapist and had all of the stuff visually too. And it could have been just as weird, but because it's sci-fi, he gets to have those successes in those moments, but it's completely out of the realm of the actual story itself. In my opinion, that's the weakest thing about this movie. It doesn't fully commit to the sci-fi world. It doesn't commit to Dr. Chiba. Instead of doing the story of the novel, the director decided to, imp- to implement this detective character and put himself into the movie, basically. And the author was fine with that. But that's the problem. Although it's beautiful and it's great and it's the best part of the movie, it shouldn't be. 
it's it's actually in retrospect pretty shitty because apparently this director is very good or has been known for writing very interesting women and this is obviously chiba's story and yet she's sidelined and her her moment of catharsis of realizing that she loves the fat inventor of the of all of this it's so sidelined and i just think yeah the movie's great and visual but you know what that is a problem because this this would have been a great short like a great 40 minute like thing either express the cop thing more and have them involved more and have him just be on the outskirts like inception did or you fully commit to the sci-fi world with the doctor and how she's been going in and out and what's the difference between her and paprika because i found that shit interesting but they never explore it and that bothered me a bit but i do agree that the the whole story involving him and wanting to be a director and him making the short film and his best friend leaves. Oh, that's such a good story. And it has such a good ending. And I love it. I, I absolutely love it. But I feel like in this movie, it's just wrong. And I think I ex- explained it to Zach as it's like taking one of the Animatrix stories and putting it in the Matrix movie. Like, you don't need that. It's fine. It's thematically resonant and it's, you know, in the same universe. But like, we don't need that. Take it out. It's its own thing. Um, so, like, taking that, I was like, okay, for me, it, it, taking that out of the equation, it was like, okay, the whole movie is coming together at this moment. Okay. Um, Hawker. And it wasn't until I did, like, watched a few analyses to realize that. Oh, that is the point. So that is the movie in a, like saying, "Hey, here I am right here." Um so what was that for you? So okay, so so for me from what I can what I can understand like this movie is like two things it's it's like it's a it's a it's a thesis on like escapism hiding behind a plot that's about whether or not we should be invading the politics behind like dream like technology invading dreams um so the way I was it was explained the way the way I understand Dr. Chiba is what happens when there's too much escapism and you're missing the moment you're missing reality and that's why we waited until the like towards the end where she Embraces the fact that he actually loves um, Toriko. Is that his name? Tarika? Um, Tarika. Tarika. So. And the. In Kanakawa is what happens when there's not enough. 
there's not enough escapism where you're so grounded in reality that you want to you want to forget. Uh, well, you need to forget. Or it's like like um like this whole thing with movies. Like he doesn't want to watch movies because he has a bad association with when he made a short film and let his friend finish it when he went to go be a cop. Um. So very interesting. So at that point, I was like, okay, now this movie's brilliant. Um. So it's more of about balance of escapism, whereas we shouldn't have too much, but we shouldn't have too little. You know, it's the kind of like balance, and I really appreciate that. Um, I feel like that, yeah, that in a, some some like a more popular way would be like the ending of uh, Ready Player One. Exactly. Um, like, so. Also, I do like how this movie. And when when I looked at an analysis about how it uses escape, not escapism, surrealism, I was just like, okay, yeah, Japan is the greatest country on earth, um, because that is surrealism is starting to like become my jam. Like, I hope so, I just I could show you some David Lynch movies. Because, like, now it's, like, this was, like, bizarre. And out there. And it didn't hold anybody's hand. It was what it was. And it said what it needed to say. And it was relevant to the person who was making it. So. Great. You know. Okay, so did you have so did it feel like homework? Like when you got to that point where you like watched the movie and you're like, I don't know what this is. I'm gonna have to go look it up. They're telling me to go look it up. Did you actually have fun watching those things and like realizing that this to some people that at least for me, it's like the flower opening up. It's like I'm walking through the forest, I see a flower, I'm like, wow, this thing's pretty cool, it's pretty interesting. And then all of a sudden it blooms over time and I'm like, Wow, okay. All right, I get it. It's like a blooming onion. Onion. Oh, look at the heavy onion. Um, Ogres are like onions. Onion. There were so many. There was so many interesting takes about this movie. There was so much. There was a making of uh, where you see this guy working his ass off. There's just so many things that were like so many takes about this movie that yeah, I had never heard of until Zach brought to the table. And now I've got like three or more new channels of movie stuff that I want to watch. But like, <laughs> it, like this movie is so, so technically interesting and I has did, so many ideas I, behind it. No, that, like, so Alex, you, you know, trust your picks a little bit more now? They're not as nutty as you think. They're always no, in- they are. They're all as nutty as I think. It's just, did I think that they would like, that we all would be ready to talk about them. And like the whole, like Chris sitting here and being like, surrealism may be my jam. Like it didn't come from nowhere. Like neon Genesis Evangeline was the seed that like blossomed in your head. It had such an, you had such an emotional reaction to him. Like I'm thinking what would happen if we showed him like Holy Motors? Like that's such an interesting take on how film and performance is, but it's also 
bonkers bananas brains and it's beautiful and like i there's a lot of surreal surrealism that i could show you that isn't necessarily spooky scary but like maybe one day eraser head could be something you could get into i think blue velvet may be something that could happen too um but there's like i just um was about to watch eight and a half the other day and that's like totally it's one of the classic surrealistic films out there and i've never seen it so yeah dude like I like the fact that you're pushing boundaries. I like the fact that you're, we're green eggs and hamming you, and you're like... I also, like I do have to say, before we go crazy on surrealistic movies, I have to be... It, I'm like... It, surrealist, surrealistic movies with me is like Star Wars with you. I have to be in the mood. Just saying that right now. Just like, yes. Sure, I mean, we can get you with other surrealist movies. Like, I think Donnie Darko is a good surrealist movie that you could enjoy. Agreed. The whole point of like the, to enter you into any genre, into any idea, you pick the ones that hit populace. Like if I'm going to show someone a blockbuster movie, if I'm going to pick a, like a superhero movie, I'm going to pick one that is super good, that reaches for everyone, that is just as fun. Like if someone's like, I want to see a comic book movie, what's a comic book movie or a Marvel movie? I'd be like, I'm going to show your ass Guardians. See how you feel about that. But they're like, I want a standard one. I'd be like, OK, well, then let's watch Winter Soldier. You know, there's some out there that are really, really good examples of the genre. And I would say in surrealism, like Donnie Darko is a great one. It's a fun ride. You're really intrigued. It's a good time. Um, yeah, Blue Velvet's one of those, too, where, like, it's a crime story and it's a mystery. There, there's We would not, like, get your ass in with something that's totally weird. We would try and find the ones that have a way to, like, get everybody in. The popular one. So, um, hmm. I gotta say, the more and more I watch this movie, I really love the opening where she's going through the city. I just think it's beautiful. The music is catchy. I love yeah. just like her just going around and like changing rules and stuff. I really wish we knew more about Chiba and her relationship. Like, my whole take on the movie after I watched all of that stuff was like, Nolan had it right. It's about um, how this machine could have been used, and the Chiba w- believes this too, how the machine could be used to like, be a therapeutic device, to go through people's dreams, to act them out like movies. And that's, what the be- that's the whole beginning. It's the whole reason that the cop is seeing Paprika in the first place is because he can't get over this nightmare, and she's going to help him analyze his dreams. And the movie element was such a good thing to be like, dreams and movies and how they work but they're empathy machines like we need to be able to empathize more with people and the best way to do that is stories and dreams are supposed to be those sort of elements so for me the chairman was like this guy who's just sort of taking empathy out of it he wanted privacy he wanted everyone to have their own thing and then by the end of the movie he's just a guy that wants power and he wants the universe so like that gets thrown out the window but i found more interesting was the assistant and like he's talking about jealousy and all these things, and I called that he was bad early on because of like the things that he was talking about, in eventually showing anger and the whole like interaction between him and the doctor in the, in the interrogation, the whole butterfly thing is just crazy. But she nails him right on the head. She is a therapist, and she like breaks him down to a small child within two sentences. And I was like, I like this. I like the fact that you could take this like therapeutic element and use that to sort of like mirror that against dreams. And 
I feel like these two stories are so separate from each other that they don't come together properly to allow that to happen. But for me, I think Nolan had it right with Inception. Just, you know, at least from the elements I took from this and the dream machine in general, which is that movies are empathy machines. They're manipulative. They're meant to put an idea in you so that you could, you know, feel better about yourself, feel sad. Or if they're smart, make you think about other cultures and what they go through and other races and other, you know, time periods and your family and maybe where you came from those elements are all there and if you do it right you can have people be considerate and be empathetic and and think about people and maybe they go through the day a little bit nicer you know that's totally what you could do with movies you can change people you can you can help them have a catharsis margaret is a movie that changed me it changed the way i viewed people it changed the way i interacted with people because it absolutely changed the way I feel about myself. And that's what good movies do. That's what I got out of this more than anything. Because the movie is an absolute exercise in technical gravitas. It's a guy and his team just going, we can do anything. Movies can do anything. So let's do anything. And they do. There's so many interesting things. Every scene, there's something so cool happening. And it's blending like animation with 3D or an interesting edit shot with how you would do it in real life. It's just, I, it's just a technical marvel. And the whole point of the movie is that, is that movies are technical marvels. So I, I loved it. I loved it, but I wish the story, I, I wish the story was a little bit stronger on either point. I wish it just picked one. It didn't feel like I was like driving down two roads. That, I think, is the weakness of this movie. But, you know, the movie's doing such cool things. Like, almost... You could forgive almost anything in this movie because it's just doing such cool stuff. Yeah, I, I'm a firm believer in... so. The, sometimes the story doesn't have to be great for you to love a movie. I, I love the, what this movie is doing, despite the fact that the story is not the greatest. But um, I feel the same way about Avatar. Um, I did like how this movie looked a lot. Um, I, it's been a while since I've actually watched, like, an anime. Um, like, I watched Evangelion again, the Netflix version, and, like, haven't seen that in a while. But, um, yeah, it, I do like, like, I do like how this looks. I think, like, um, I keep losing my train of thought. It's one of those days for me. So, technically, I think this is a like really good for 2006. My God, uh, um, agreed. So, oh, B plus, solid. I really liked it. Well, uh, what about you, Zach? I think it's probably an A minus. Honestly, like the story is what gets you on this movie, no matter what way you look at it. But like I said, I think you could forgive this story because what the visuals are doing are just—it's it, so forward-thinking. It's so good. I mean, I. I <laughs> I know I probably said this at some point, but like I, I'm not sure if I still agree. But this visually is a masterpiece. Uh, as a movie, as a whole, not so much, but it's still so good. 
So I've been thinking about this for a bit. And grading and how I feel about grading and all that is totally moot. And it's just a fun thing. And I know that. But like in terms of how I, I view experimentation in general, you talked about Hardcore Henry and how it was just you love it for the experimentation of it alone. This is a million times more complicated than that. And I'm so much more impressed by that. And I, yes, the story isn't the strongest, but I also think about like the way people talk about Blade Runner. Blade Runner is like a pretty straight, bare bones story. It has some thematics to it, sure, but like mostly it's a visual like masterpiece when people talk about it. So, like, that's why it's lasted for years. But this again impressed me so much more. And it, it, it in fact inspired one of the greatest movies of the last 10 years just the blockbuster movies a guy who watched this and said i can do this cleaner and he did in live action he basically remade this in live action the same way tarantino did reservoir dogs with city on fire and like he just said i can tell this story but i'm going to tell it differently i'm gonna tell it my own way and like the whole point is all stories are told once and then a thousand times over again what makes storytelling important is how you tell the story the more you watch movies, Chris, the more you're going to learn tricks and shit for when you tell your stories and when you're sitting in the forest and all of a sudden you think about something from this movie and you're like, you know what? You know what? I think I think because the camera is mobile, we can do that. I think we can. Yeah, we can edit that. And then all of a sudden you're using that trick in your movie the same way they do. The more you watch, the more you learn to play. That's that is why I love movies like this. Because although the story isn't great and people are like, ah, it's, you know, I won't go back to story-wise, but the next time I want to focus on how do I want to do something crazy with my editing, next time I want to think about how if I want to draw or if I'm talking to someone in editing, I'm going to say this. This really broadened my mind is how you can transition, how you can shape time, how you can go from one point, from like the future to the past, like this guy really just kind of affected the way that like I view how a camera works. And that's how good, that's how, that's what Buster Keaton does. Charlie Chaplin's going to make you feel Buster Keaton's going to make you think how that camera works. He wants you to know the cameras there. He wants you to wonder how he did it. Chaplin's like, take the camera out of the equation. You and I are going on a story. So like there's merit to both. And I think this film, I, I, I think it's an A. I don't think it's an A plus, but I think it's an A. I think over time, I think years ago, I probably would have said A minus. But the more movies I watch that don't take chances like this, the more I'm like, screw it, A. Paprika. Life's boring. Good. <laughs> my my string of of movies on the Goodwill have never failed. They've all been very interesting. The wheel's been. But now let's see what it does. It wait, 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 wait. What was Series wheel. What, we 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 doused the back catalog, Zach. We so doused we, it. We threw a bunch of crap on there. So like, throw the list out there and see if any uh, of them hit Zach at all. Unless he has something up his sleeve already. Lord have mercy. All right, hold on. Let me let me let me let me see if I got anything. <laughs> Actually, yeah. If that, let 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 Zach go first. Say everyone you're thinking of Zach, and we'll tell you if they're on the list or not. Because I guarantee you, they might be. Oh no! Really... Give it a shot. We All really, right. really pushed it. Oh god! Did you guys put Twilight Saga on there? 
No, nope. oh, we did. Did we? we? Did not. Should have. Should have. Yeah, we should. Just put Twilight Saga on there. Yeah, we should have. <laughs> Zach, Zach, do you want that to be your pick? No, but <laughs> okay. Yeah, put it on the back. No, we got along. Put it on the back row because we should have. We should have thought of. Uh, is Back to the Future? I think there? we were afraid. Yes, that's on the wheel. That's on the wheel. Is it on the wheel? I don't know. Yes, it is on uh, the wheel. I can't can we put it. Scream on there? The Scream is on the backlog. Oh, thank God. Uh, oh, man. Uh, did we... Alex. Alex. That's... Alex. Okay. I, I want to make a suggestion here, but I don't yes! know if this is ready. <laughs> Go. The Alien franchise, including Covenant. Um, it's three fourths of it is action films, dude. Come on, one of it's weird. One of two of them are horrors. I've seen Alien Two them, and Resurrection. Well, Alien Two and Three are just. But then yes, action. if you see, if they're just terrible action if... movies. What I'm worried about is Alien, Prometheus, and Covenant. Covenant more. Well, Covenant's is bad, but like. It's a horror movie more so than anything. No, I think by I think by the time we get to those movies, we'll be so used to the f- monsters, they'll be like whatever to us. Um, uh, no, yeah, the one the first movie is genuinely creepy, but that's it. I don't think it's genuinely. I don't think it's gonna scare Chris. Um, so yeah, and if he's seen two of the movies on it already, then why not? Yeah, Chris, are you game for Alien? It's already on there. Is it actually already on there? I just put it on there. Good, on the back- because got it. Sweet. That's on the backlog. What? On the backlog. Oh, I'm putting it on the. Uh, that's gonna be my choice. All right. Okay. So, yeah, uh, Alien Three, go through- oh, Resurrection, wait. Prometheus, and Covenant. Now, now, Chris, go through it. Series on the backlog. Oh, Look Lord. who's talking. Yep. The Expendables. Yes. Wait. Uh, look who's talking. Yeah. Scream. What? Yeah. Fuck is this franchise that you chose? You don't know what you're talking. That's my choice already. That's my choice. What? Okay. Fuck is this shit? Okay. I wanted. I've already do that one for a while, but just let go through the other ones too, because maybe some will change my mind. But I doubt it. That's my first one um, right off the bat. You already said you already said uh, scream, uh, uh-huh. taken. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, I put this on there. Star Trek. Yeah. Oh God, Chris, you want to do Star Trek? Yeah, we were talking about it. The game. Oh, Chris, I don't know if you're ready for that. That you got to understand, Chris. Literally, like all but like two of those movies are terrible. <laughs> Make some fun. No, because no, we're they're all we're like god awful. They are we legit talking, all terrible. We were talking about going from the originals through the generations through oh, to the GJs. Oh, they all Why that. would you do that? No. Because you're going to make us go through all the Harry Potters. Yeah, Alex. You would Alex, make us go through all the Alex. Harry Potters, including The Hobbit. Okay. Alex. Don't forget about The Hobbit. No, that's like 20 movies. There's a difference. Not yet. So is the MCU. So is the DC Extended Universe. I, That's on there. The Extended Universe is six films. Bullcrap. Zach, we're just talking. We're just talking here. That's all we're doing. We're just talking. No sales, no numbers. Can no I keep sales. going? 
Okay, anyways, I, th- dude, I don't think Chris is ready for the disappointment that is the Star Trek movies. Uh, <laughs> so much fun to make fun of. They are really fun to make fun of, but they, like, they they say only the even ones are good, but I don't even agree with that. I think only, like, Wrath of Khan is truly good. Of course, Maybe Wrath of Khan. Frontier. Final Frontier is okay, too. It's about the diversity. It's about watching and listening to the, it's reading the history. It's like, those movies are insane. There's so many of them. They're all like, terrible, gotta, dude. Contact. Like, oh, God. They're all, all of them are more fun than Plan 9 and Manos, so, like, come on, man. Like, they're fun okay. to make fun of. Okay. We're going to keep going here. The backlog. You heard uh, me. The Before trilogy? Mm-hmm. The, bef- the what? Before. Yeah, it's a romantic trilogy. Before Sunset, Before Sunrise, Before Midnight. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, Those movies are great. Uh, the Chronicles of Riddick. Okay. Right? Right? Okay. Wait, is that like... Oh, that's three movies, I guess. Yep. View I, Askew. I always forget that that movie... Oh, The View... You do want to do The View Askew universe? That was Alex. I put it on the backlog. We've already, watched, we've already watched Dogma, though. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So we would skip Dogma. So we, we would skip Dogma? Yeah. Because you've already done it. Because you made me do it. Okay. We would do we we do everything clerks to reboot and maybe by then they'll have three up. Okay, well we'll see if clerks three happens. But anyways, <laughs> um, this is where I started coming in. Shrek. Mm-hmm. Oh god, those are bad. <laughs> but the memes, um, the, the, like half of them aren't even memes though. That's the thing. Like, like they're just doesn't bad. Matter. Doesn't matter. Oh god. How I'm to like... train your dragon? I thought we already saw that. Nope. No. Um The Dark Knight trilogy. Okay. We took that off because we had needed to cut down to fifteen. I figured that out. Yeah, we okay. cut that off because we also had the other Batmans. Now I remember. Uh The Hunger Games. Okay. Um I'm not the the original uh teen, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You mean like, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Secret of the Ooze. Oh, so the good ones. And by yes. good ones, uh, no. And then also them going to Japan. The good ones really yes. bad, ones, but they're like hilarious. No, no, Zach, you don't remember. The third one is really bad. No, I know. I probably never saw the third one, but I definitely saw Secret of the Ooze, and I definitely oh Turtles in Time. No, I didn't see Turtles in Time. I did see Secret of the Ooze in the original. Those two were... I gotta tell you, that and who look who's talking are my top right now. Dude, um, dude, please put on the turtles, man. The turtles is ridiculous. In a look who's talking insane. Yeah, but so is the turtles. This is way more insane. Okay. <laughs> no, dude, you don't. No. <laughs> wait, wait. Like Teenage Mutant Turtles, Ninja Turtles. That includes the first. Oh, you said the original, not the two. Yes, the originals. Okay. Um, RoboCop. Okay. Death Wish. Okay. Rush Hour. Oh, dude, you're like singing to my my dreams, dude. I love Rush Hour. Some of them um, are good. Most of them are pretty bad, but like... There's oh. only three. There's I know. only three. Only yeah. the first one's good. <laughs> no, two is great. I think two is great. I think the second, second's more of the same. Yeah, mm. that's the problem. Um, Beverly Hills Cop. Okay. Three ninjas. Three ninjas. Three yes. ninjas. Yes. Uh, number three. 
he doesn't know. Oh, no. This one. They made more of these? <laughs> what? There's like, There's like four of them. They made... Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> God. My... This is just a backlog, everyone. <laughs> oh, God. We want some bad with good series, man, so we were no, thinking... I get it. I get it. No, I, I believe me. I get it. I'm just shocked that they made more of these. No. <laughs> anyway. I, I've the seen, Naked I think... Gun movies. I wanted yeah. to suggest those so badly, actually. Dude, the I... Naked Gun movies are, like, the best Leslie Nielsen movies ever. Yes. Um, The Mighty oh, Ducks. Okay. That, like, one of them's good. That's about it. And no. just recently added, Twilight. Okay. Well, my suggestion is going to be whatever mine was. Alien. 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 Alex, you said, look who's talking? I think I'm sticking with that. All right, now I got to pick. Um, let's see here. You could just pick an actual thing and not from the backlog, too. What you else can't... is out there? Exactly. We, we've covered pretty much everything. I don't know. There might be some others that we just haven't thought about. There's a Shanghai T- series. Uh, TMNT. Oh, we need three movies. Although the Shanghai movies had three movies. They do not. No, they're just two. Oh, that's unfortunate. They need a third, yeah, right. so put that on there. Um, I'm, I'm going with something. TMNT. I'm going with TMNT. Okay. Okay, nice. Okay, I like this wheel. It's Look Who's Talking, <laughs> Alien, and TMNT. Three vastly different things. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'd actually be happy with kind of almost any one of the three of these, to be honest. Wait, what? Oh, here we go. And screen should be visible, so we'll go over here. All right, uh, Zach, can you see it? Yeah, I can see it. All right, here we go. Alien! Hey, I get to talk about my my uh, my uh, history and uh, what you gonna call it thesis. I uh, don't know what that was. It was on Alien. Oh, gotcha. It was on the Alien franchise. So now, uh, Alien Alien will be replacing film. one of the following. Oh God, Terminator. Okay. Oh, I know these, all these. That's the, Alien is the new Terminator. Oh, God. DC Extended Universe. Yikes. The Matrix. Okay. Indiana Jones. I okay. so badly... That's my, that's my... That's the one I'm hanging my hat on. Uh, ha-ha! Ha! Um, the Hobbit slash The Lord of the Rings. The Star Wars yeah. Christmas special. That's the bad movie wheel, please. Um, find a way to get this. <laughs> multiple wheels now. <laughs> you will not be able to escape it. That would be so funny if you somehow found loopholes to get this on every wheel. Oh, that'd be amazing. Dude, dude, we could put Star Wars back on. There's a new movie. No, no, no. if we did it, we would have to watch the Christmas special. We then. did I do. Would. did the entire... We did all of Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, we did it. We could do the Star Wars spinoff movies. No, we yeah. we, we, well, we no we the only one we haven't done is solo, so we got to do yes, solo. Yes, we can do solo the the Christmas special and Star Wars: The Clone Wars. 
All right, so we'll... we'll, we'll we did we'll, Clone Wars. No, it's shut up. Me and Travis did Clone Wars. Yeah, they did Clone Wars. They did a Clone Wars movie. It was bad, but... We yeah, we it. watched it. Me and Travis yeah, yeah. did the, the show for it. Oh. Yeah. It's one of the first apps. So, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Wait, no! We can watch the terrible animated Ewok movie. <laughs> Those are TV Dude, movies. Yeah. Dude, I'm gonna suggest it. Fuck you. <laughs> 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 That's a solid. I will get it on the wheel. It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna have my ass. <laughs> um, Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. Alex's pick, Fast and Furious. Yes. It's my pick too. I need that one. Um, I, you know what? I want something summery. I want something warm. You know, Fast and Furious would do that. Burton's Batman, so from 1989 Batman to Batman and Robin. Those four movies. They're fun. The Marine. Um, Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> That's been on the Creed movies? Yes. Um, Sam Raimi's yeah. Spider-Man. Uh-huh. Harry Potter, which includes Fantastic Beasts. God damn it. <laughs> Evil Dead. Yeah. Uh, Back to the Future. Okay. I re uh, that's recently discovered that that is, I think, one of the best trilogies. I think that's one of the top three trilogies of all time, American. Really? Yeah, dude. Just like I think about trilogies in certain ways. Like I think the Nolan movies are great if you watch them days apart. Especially, or if you, yeah, I think they're best if you watch them days apart. Um, but like Back to the Future, you you goggle them up three in a row. That's how you do it. You that that is an entire afternoon gone. You need to go. You need to go to the first. You need to go to the end. It's just beautiful that way. The, it's it's got a vibe to it. Just I think it's the best lazy day movie trilogy out there. Better than some. Um. Cornetto Trilogy. Oh, that would be great. That's a good one, too. Daniel Craig's 007. Interesting. Mad Max. Very cool. And Lethal Weapon. Out of the blue. All right, guys. We're embarking on a new journey. Any last words? Um... I I've I've missed I missed the craziness of these back and forth movies. You know, we ended on such a crazy one with Paprika, where we we may get uh, we may not get this kind of creative inventiveness for a long time. So, uh, bye bye surrealism. Uh, hello, possible more surrealism. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, um, let's do it. Here we go. Our next series. Yes! Yes! Okay. Yes! Chris, Ladies I and gentlemen. Chris. No, 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 no. Let me say it. Let me say it. Let me say it. Ladies and gentlemen, the next series that we are going to be reviewing on the Mushroom Movie Podcast, Indiana Jones. We get really? more Spielberg. Chris, oh my I, God. I'm excited. Are you kidding me like, right now? It's Indiana Jones. Chris, I've been wanting so bad like, to watch Raiders of the Lost Ark. I hope you're just excited for like a horribly down. disappointing film at the end of this. 
I don't think it's that horribly disappointing. We're well, going to find out. We are going to find out. We're going to have an argument, dude. We're going to have an argument. It's not that Kingdom bad. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is not an Indiana Jones movie. It's just bad. Yes, it is. <laughs> People need to just give up, all right? It's no, not- it's a bad movie, and it should be. It is not a bad movie. It should be taken out back like Lassie and shot. You have no... You just too, you're too harsh, man. You beat your kid. Stop beating your kid. <laughs> Kind of like indie did. Uh, dude, do you know that's so crazy? Not only do we now have Minority Report, we now just doubled down. Oh my god, that's like four. That's four more Spielberg. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I actually look at Temple of the Do- Temple of Doom, even though it's. I, I got a pick. I got a pick on. I got a pick. Indiana Jones was me. That was 100 percent me. And yes. Just four movies? That's not bad? No, it's not. It's just four movies. Dude, man. Oh, gosh. That is and crazy. Th- and like, two of them... And, like, the first one's an absolute classic. Um, At least. And then the third one's Wait, so super fun. Do, do you want to watch it chronologically? We have to watch them in the order that they came out. Do we? Yes. We can watch Temple of Doom Raiders Last Crusade. Yeah, dude, we could hold on for you do that to yourself. Because, because why not? We've already seen them all more than once. Why not start with something we feel good about, we can joke about, and then totally go right. If you want to start off right out the gate, I like going chronologically. It's just my thing. I just, I like doing that with stuff. I'm just more of a release person, I guess. Um, Gross. I bet he doesn't even watch his Star Wars in the machete order. Yeah, dude. So. so Indiana Jones. Chris, you heard I, me. We so called you out on your Star Wars watching. I, gotta be, I, I mean, I don't really mind it that much with Raiders, but I, I, for some reason, I think I got into Indiana Jones through Temple of Doom. That's the thing that I've realized. Because that was the one fun. that... It's it's okay. It's it's fun. Yes. Um, It's not Raiders, and it's not as good as Crusade. It's better than the uh, Crystal Skull, but again, I don't think Crystal Skull is that bad. We're judging these off of like Spielberg action movies, so like, they aren't that bad. Crystal Skull is better than Amazing Spider-Man 2. Crystal Skull is better than... (laughs) Dude, it is saying a lot. Yeah, Amazing Spider-Man 2 is a piece of shit. It's better than Batman and Robin. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Oh, yeah, I'm bringing it up. The worst thing ever, and it's not. There's so many other worst blockbuster movies out there that I would totally not waste my time with and the thing about crystal skulls it sounds like it looks like it feels like an indiana jones movie a lot of that action still works and i don't care like he's not a sacred character to me he's just a guy who steals shit like who cares he keeps it out of the hands of the worst people that's what he does it's an adventure movie good get off your high horse although yeah that fridge shit is stupid yes There's oh, another problem. Hold on. Hold on. I'm, getting, I'm getting the outro ready. Um, um, so, I think they're all on Netflix. Are they all on Netflix? That they were all on Disney Plus now. Uh, I think there's. I've uh, I've been watching them as of the, recently within the past few weeks. I certainly watched a lot I of Raiders. Hold on, give me a minute. Okay, go ahead. I am right behind you. Pretty sure I should be signed in. No. Oh gosh, dang it! Again. Uh, yeah, they're all on Netflix. 
Oh, they're all on Netflix. Okay, that's good. Well, I heard there was an outage, so. Oh, you know what? You know what? We, we we didn't end up putting on the backlog wheel. Oh, wait, no. There's only, there's only two. Never mind. National Treasure. Oh, no, that's two. Yeah, I know. I just thought about it. I'm like, wait, never mind. There's only two. Oh. They've been but talking just, about a third forever. Uh, they're never doing it. They've already they're... said they're never. All right, fine. Why, why, did, why are they never going to do it? Because a number of reasons, I guess. Uh, Disney's not interested. Nick Cage isn't really interested. Dude, Nick uh, Cage should really be interested. Those movies were absolute money for him. Yeah, but Nick Cage has kind of been on this like indie movie thing as of late. Dude, if anything, those are the things that are going to give him more national treasures. Well, you got to understand, Nick Cage does whatever the fuck Nick Cage wants, whether or not he wants to. Oh, trust me, I want more Mandy's. I want more. I want more from Nick Cage for sure. But like, I think he can do both. That's it's great. Still getting the outro ready. Um, so I've been mean, I I like in my subconscious, I'm like, I really gotta watch Raiders of the Lost Ark again. Like that was such a good one. And then and then Last Crusade. Oh man, I can't wait. Oh, this is gonna be so good. Ugh! Yeah. Exactly what we need in these times. Can't wait. Adventure, yes. Adventure. I can't wait. Indiana I'm, Jones. I'm, yeah, I've been... I'm glad I haven't watched them all. I watched Raiders kind of recently. But, damn it. <laughs> I got... I, no my, Fast and Furious. You gotta wait a little longer, buddy. No, my Netflix is gone. So I gotta... Aww. Um, Fast and Furious, yeah, it'll happen when it happens. I can't wait to put... To give it to show it to Zach, so it's gonna be great. Uh, but yeah, yeah no, I want summary moves. I want beautiful, like looking, fun, warm movies, and that's what they are for sure. So, no problem with that. Well, I'm actually getting an outro ready because I just got reminded of something. <laughs> I'm about to <laughs> drop a big bomb. <laughs> Indiana Jones! Temple of Doom! I watched that over and over as a kid because it was the only one that we owned because we didn't have the full set yet. Temple of Doom? Yeah, I would just watch Temple of Doom over and over again. I really like, I really like <laughs> Temple of Doom. That, see, that's the thing. They made sure that one was out there because it didn't do as well and it wasn't critically acclaimed. Like Raiders. And then Last Crusade did a little bit better. Dang it, man. I may have to rent these. Or maybe not. No, no, no. Maybe not. Anyway, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm not I don't sound excited now, but I will be when we're watching it. But when we're watching it, oh when we're watching it, yeah. This is going to be a great outro, I promise. But I just got to get it ready. I swear. It's going to be a great out. It's going to be a great outro. Because I've been... <laughs> so, um... So, if... Kingdom of the Crystal... So, what do you guys want to do after that? Should we just go... Bad, curious, good, bad, curious, good? In case Crystal, Crystal Skull isn't as bad? Or should we just... Do curious good, curious bad good, like we've been doing. I think we should go curious bad good. Curious bad and then good. Um, okay, 
So the great thing is um, that I don't have to take anything off the. I, I don't have to take any. I don't have to add anything to the backlog because all our picks were already on there. Yep. And then the one that wasn't on there was the one that we selected to replace. So, yeah. as I um, get this outro ready, for God's sake, it's taking so. Um, hold on, let me, uh, hold on. It's going to be a surprise. Hold on. What was the last time you saw Raiders of the Lost Ark, Zach? Oh, God. Uh, it's been a few years. Um, I don't necessarily watch these movies every year, but I own all of them. So, like, probably, oh, God, it has to been a year or two since I put them in my DVD player and actually sat down and watched them. Um. It's been probably longer for um, Temple of Doom, and I can confirm I've only seen Kingdom of the Crystal Skull twice. Once in theaters, <laughs> and then once when I bought the DVD. So, okay. So. I really just didn't want to go back to that movie. The outro is ready. Okay. okay. I haven't seen it in years either, but i um, really excited. Um, so there you go, everybody. Uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Not Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. We're not doing that first. Um, yes, we are now. <laughs> we're not ripping the Band-Aid. Um, <laughs> so next time, I guess, well, we'll fight over it in the chat. It's, it'll either be Temple of Doom or Raiders, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so there you go, everybody. Uh, Indiana Jones, next series. Only four movies, so we're going to do it. All right. That's it, everyone. Say goodbye, guys. Hey. Bye-bye. Scene where two guys are having an earnest moment talking about the things they like, and there's just dripping shit on the side of your screen. Just dripping chunks of. I wanted to puke. Oh. What the fuck are you playing? God. Hold on.